Welcome to the 367th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on December 17th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's currently stoking the hearth, Carlos Rodella. Wait, what's a hearth? It's like a fireplace. Oh, I don't have a fireplace. I do, and I'm freezing in my basement, and I need you to be stoking that hearth, otherwise I'm never going to make it through the show. Uh, Okay, but if I have a hearth over here, how's it going to warm you up? Is this just that warm? The spirit of Christmas or something. I don't know. Spirit of Christmas, yeah. But I need some heat down here because I am freezing. Oh, you're freezing in the basement. That's right. You're in a basement. I am in a basement. And, you know, I enjoy having a basement. First time in my life I've ever had one, and I think it's pretty cool, except for it's cold and it leaks. Other than those two, other than those two major things, I think it's pretty cool to have a basement. It's underground. I had one growing up uh, once in a house, and it's crazy because, of course, it's always going to be like potentially problematic. (laughs) You know, like bugs, dirt. I mean, it's underground. I just feel like there's like a thick wall of concrete, and we can put a man on the moon, and we can invent robots, and we can do all sorts of advanced technology and stuff. I feel like we could make a hole in the ground be semi comfortable. Yeah. So that said, it probably is just a lot of money, right? Like, I mean, yeah, that's what it's all. Everything's down to money, right? If yeah. I had a, I have a million dollars, I could make this place a bomb ass, like you know, cool little man cave or something. But as it is, it's just like a wet and cold hole in the ground. And speaking of which, you have to watch out for like emissions, right? I mean, anybody listening, if you don't know this, like there's radon, which is an odorless, colorless gas, which can seep in from underground through concrete. And I have a radon monitor literally right on my computer. It blinks to let me know that it's working. And if it's quiet, that's good. If you hear one beep, that means watch out danger. And if it does a long beep, you've got five minutes to get out or else you die. Whoa. So So we have any beeps. We need to like, Pause Any beep at all. Yes, I need to run out of the basement like ASAP and start okay. ventilating. But so Jeez. far, it's been quiet. I think we're okay for today. But to that point of like basements that could be good for, you know, lots of money or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we talked about, I think last episode, that Netflix movie, Leave This World Behind. Or Leave oh, the yeah, World yeah. Behind. Uh, I, it's on my list. I haven't watched it yet, but yes. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a minor spoiler, but, you know, in those kind of movies, you'll see like people have like bomb shelters and, you know, places that are really like fancy. Uh, underground so you can oh, do it yeah. for lots of money oh you can and speaking of speaking of undergrounds or sort of undergrounds for lots of money i'm i don't know if you've seen this carlos but a while back there was uh to do here in seattle uh we're right on the water puget sound so lots of boats lots of water there was some guy from microsoft who had like way too much money and he had a houseboat which isn't really a, a boat boat it's basically just like a floating house all the rich people do it now and he wanted a basement, so he built himself literally an underwater basement on his houseboat. Oh, my goodness. Fucking the wildest thing. Go Google it if you don't believe me. Check it out. It's it's crazy. It must leak like like bananas since it's like completely underwater and it's really cold. I don't know. That's what you do when you got too much money, I guess. I don't yeah, have that much I money. Know. I'd be fine with just like my leaking stopped. I don't need to be underwater completely. Can so. I have some of his money? Jeez Louise. No, you can't. And neither can I. And now we have fucked around long enough. We need to start talking about games. Yes, video games. Video games. All right, folks, uh, now that we've talked about all this kind of nonsense stuff, let's get to some game-related stuff. Uh, as everyone knows, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. His side, my side, things are a mess, and we're going to tidy up right here and right now. It's housekeeping. Carlos, what is on your side of the room this week, sir? Before we go into said house, 
uh, like I mentioned on Twitter via our Twitter, which you can still follow, uh, So Video Games. Is it just So Video Games or So Video Games Podcast? I should know this. I don't know. I should know that too. I okay. Well, anyway, so look up So Video Games Podcast on Twitter. You'll find us. But as I mentioned on there, maybe we should change the name of this because it's all game stuff. And so it's like instead of a house we're walking into, maybe we're walking into a game store. No. None of it works. No. No. In fact, um, Jay Monster, one of our super fans, emailed after last week's episode and he was like don't change it leave it and i'm like okay cool <laughs> leave it so well no yeah people said keep it but like uh the name of it i definitely talked no he said don't change twitter. the name he said keep the name too he oh, likes well, the whole somebody thing. else on twitter like agreed with me and said we could change it to something else anyways we don't have enough new name for it so we're in a house regardless we're here and it's very full of stuff uh before we get into any of the other boxes i thought we'd open two of the biggest boxes which is this year in review oh yeah because all the Spotify wrapped, all those kind of wrapped things came out. Hey, this is your year in, in review. And uh, just made me think about how to finish the game of the year, which I haven't done yet. And uh, yeah, so PlayStation and Xbox both did theirs. I guess also Nintendo's did theirs Isn't too. It? Yeah, they did. Isn't it funny, though, to think back? This wrap thing, it only started a couple years ago. And wasn't it like, I feel like it was PlayStation that started it. Am I wrong on that? It was like nobody had done it. And then I think it was PlayStation that did it first. And everybody's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And now it's like everybody under the sun does a rap, dude. So yeah. that shows like how popular and how how powerful, you know, this kind of response can be. You know, just a little bit of this influences the whole industry. I'm, I'm getting like my uh, my cable provider send me a rap. My oh, grocery really? store send me a rap. <laughs> everybody's doing a rap, dude. <laughs> well, Spotify, I think, did it first. I think was it? Okay, PlayStation maybe it Spotify. copied Could Spotify. Have been. Yeah. Could have been. But they were like, I think, the first game company to do it. And... And as we'll see in a minute here, I still think they do the best version. I don't know what Switch is like and Nintendo's like, but man, it is very detailed and cool, the PlayStation one. And I did the Xbox one as well. Okay. Well, uh, I, I did mine. I just got the highlights, but what do you got on yours? Uh, well, you have less highlights than I have. Why don't you just do yours real quick? Okay. I'll just give you mine. So I got all three of them real quick. So on Sony PlayStation, I played 49 games total so far. Uh, my number one game played was Cyberpunk. I'm sure people could probably guess that. And total hours was 382 hours on PlayStation. Okay, so that is quite different than mine. Yeah. Really? What do you got? Well, because I play, I guess we'll just jump to my PlayStation one. Yeah. yeah. I uh, obviously play most of my games on there. Yeah. And I logged in a thousand hours. Wow. Okay. On the PlayStation 5 and uh, 173 games. Okay, well, that makes sense, because that's your main platform. That is my main platform. And by the way, the Xbox is no slouch, though. I actually spent quite a bit of time on there, even though I kind of semi-dog it on the show. Uh, so we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, a 1,000 hours is a lot of time. That's a lot of time. Okay, um, so I don't it, have anything else for PlayStation. What do you got on more stats for PlayStation? Yeah, I'm just looking else? at it real quickly. But like, um, my t it says my top game of the year was Diablo 4. I, I believe it. it for me. <laughs> Um, but basically, it was like, you know, I played a ton of time in that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting with the PlayStation when it says, here's the first... They literally break it down into months, even. Like, here's what you played most in January. Right. And all that stuff. But it said your first game of the year. And I'm going to have you guess, because no one's going to guess this. But what do you think my first game of the year on PlayStation was? Oh, I don't know. It's probably one of those shitware like two dollar <laughs> elevator yes. jumper games or something you're not wrong it's oh very, snap it's actually okay. very it's it was called wally and the fantastic predators okay what was that about i don't know i can't even remember <laughs> i was that good okay. it was that good no but i did i think it, it shows a fox holding a sword 
Okay. So it was one of those kind of games. All right. But yeah, um, and then what else we got here? I'm just going to quickly eyeball it. Yeah, Diablo 4 is interesting. Um, it says 238 hours. Wow, okay. That's a lot of hours. Then the next few, just really quickly, top level. Cyberpunk, because I spent 40 hours doing that DLC stuff. Sure, Dogtown. 40 hours beating Forspoken. Okay. Uh, this is reminded me, actually, for Game of the Year, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which I liked quite a bit. A lot of people remember. like that one this yeah. year, yeah. And yeah. I beat it, and I spent 40 hours in that. 40 is a pretty big game for an action game like that. Yeah, and then also a 35 hours in Dead Island 2, which I also beat. Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that game. I know, so it's like these are definitely like bringing up things. But the last thing I'll say on PlayStation is it says, I am a thrill seeker. That's my gaming style. Interesting. Interesting. So I was, I did, a, I I was like a that. gunslinger. I don't think that applies. I think that's wrong. Gunslinger. That didn't make you any sense. You don't play shooters. Me. That's what I'm saying. I don't know why they chose that. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho, and then Xbox. Uh, did you already say your Xbox stuff or no? Not yet. I have okay, it right here. So Xbox, I played a total of 118 games. So this was like a little bit more than double what I played on Sony. Yeah. Uh, my number one most played game was Woe Long, which makes sense. I think I put like 75 hours or something into that. And total total Xbox hours was 356. Wow, okay. That makes sense. What do you got? Uh, um, again, this is surprising because I didn't think it would even be this much. But I have 33 games and Xbox. Okay. That's not crazy. It's not, nothing to sneeze at. No, not um, at all. 167 hours. Okay, so about half. That's interesting. I didn't think it was going to be that much. Half of you? Yeah, I was yeah, at 356 yeah. and you're at one, what, one, 167. Seven. Yeah, but it's, about half. it's like one tenth of PlayStation because it's sure, like 1,000 sure. versus 167. Right. Um, but there is some time there. And then top games, by the way, you're in the top 20% of players for hours played. Really? Me or you? Me. I you? mean, both, neither of us. I mean, that's kind of interesting and telling. Like, how many hmm. people are spending only, that's not that much time. Uh, anyway, so Starfield, for all really? the hate, for all the hate. We've gotten out for this this damn game. Uh, I played seventy six hours in that game. You beat it at least a couple times, and I didn't beat you? it tw- uh, twice. Twice, okay. So seventy six hours, beat it twice. I can say what the fuck I want about it. Um, but yeah, that was my number one game on on Xbox. Gross. Okay. Uh, and the second one, again, I forgot about this, but I really did have a lot of t- fun with it, and I beat it. Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, man, that's right. Ghostwire. That's and I true. remember saying on this podcast going like, I'm glad I went back to it because I really liked the ending. And yeah, I think a did. lot of people didn't really finish that game. Yeah, you um, connected with that one. Yeah. yeah and then I, I spent that. 13 hours in Atomic Heart. They just released some DLC. I'm not going to go back to it. It's too hard. I, I've, I've given up, actually. Weirdly okay. enough, I didn't finish that one. But anyways, that's my tops. And then you don't have a Switch. Did you get a, a Steam wrap-up by any chance? Oh, I could look at it, but I didn't. That's okay. I, I, I don't do anything on Steam. I didn't even bother looking. I, my, my Steam wrap-up would have been, hey, you have a Steam account. Oh, and really? That would have been it, right? You know, I'm going to guess mine, and I'm going to say if we got 167 in Xbox, and a lot of that is uh, Starfield, I would say there's probably 50 probably fifty good hours, or maybe 60 in Steam. You, you know, should I, look it up. You should, I'll say my Nintendo hours. You can look up your Steam hours okay, if I'll you got it up. handy. So the Switch hours, uh, I played 103 games on the Switch, so almost the exact same number as I did on Xbox. So yeah, about 50, wow. 50, 50, and then I played half as much as that on, on PlayStation. My number one most played game was Shadows Over Loathing, which makes sense. I did enjoy that one. It's funny because I got, I didn't even finish it. I got all the way, I think I'm within a stone's throw of finishing that game. 
and then I got distracted on something and I just paused. So I have a save that's like maybe like an hour away from rolling credits or something. Mm. I need to go back and finish it. That's stupid. Uh, and my hours played total uh, 194 hours. So not quite as much as Xbox, but definitely uh, like way more than uh, Sony. So definitely, which which is no surprise to me, fewest games played, fewest hours, PlayStation, most games played, most hours played, Xbox. And that's that's on track because that's like my main platform. So it makes sense to me. I'm not surprised by this. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yep. Um, yep. And yeah, you t- you play so much Switch. It's crazy. Every episode and another Switch. game for the Switch. Uh, I it's gonna take too long to do the Steam one. Okay, I, I have fine. to log in and my I I'm logged in, but it still won't give it to me. But no worries, we'll look it up some other time. All right, what else you got? Uh, okay, back to the notes. Um, doo, 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 doo. Oh, I by the way, I was downloading Fortnite for again. I always like delete it and then re-download it. I should just keep it on my system because I get mad at it or something. But I want to go back to the Lego Fortnite because that is very good. And I think I might make a video series, you know, because like people do that with Minecraft. Yeah. Because I have, you can create your own world. And I like the fact that you can create your own world independently of people. It still makes a lobby and it says matchmaking, but it's just you, you know? Right, right, right. And so I'm going to make a world in there and just maybe, I don't know, start making like a series from that. Uh, but when I did it, it like broke my internet. Because, oh, really? Yeah. Like I, I feel like every time I've downloaded Fortnite or some other massive, you know, 100 gigs or something. Like sometimes, yeah, my internet goes, nah, I think I'm going to break now. Oh, that's weird. Okay, interesting. I don't know if that's ever happened to anybody listening, but like I feel like we're just so, a tangent's like waiting to happen here. We're so used to like downloading like 80 gigabytes at a time. Yeah. And it's a lot of fucking data, you know, and our pipes aren't there yet. You know, we just still don't have, everybody doesn't have giga, you know, Ethernet or whatever. So I feel like there's still some issues when you have to like, like today, say I did like two games. It's 140 gigabytes, maybe. You know, uh, maybe. What kind in of internet future. do you have? What do you got? I, got, I mean, I've, I'm in an apartment, so we have like the group thing. So it's just like I have a box and oh, okay. and it's plugged in Ethernet. Like it's you know, yeah, it's pretty yeah, fast. Yeah. But it's just the point is that we're in that in between stage in the world yeah. where like everybody has like kind of iffy internet. Right. You know, like anybody listening probably has a story like this, which is like. Yeah, I just went out one day. Or, you know, I don't know. What the fuck? I reset it. So it's just like the data transfer, unless you have Giga, isn't just... It's still weird. Uh, you know, I'm actually really lucky in that respect because, you know, I mean, uh, I must be in a special pocket or something because I have um, fiber optic. Yeah. And it goes really fast. I don't, I don't even need the, uh, the cable anymore. I used to be wired, but now I'm just on the Wi-Fi. And it, it goes so fast like i can download stuff really quickly i don't even i mean i think i am in the next step of the the internet evolution because i don't even really think about downloading anymore i just go and like it might take like a minute but like it's not like it's not like the all day thing like it used to be my old apartment dude i would download something in the morning before i went to work and i would cross my fingers that maybe it would be downloaded by the time i got home from work Right, uh, but different situation over here. So uh, clearly, someone from like Microsoft lives in my area because, <laughs> nice. like, it's been like mega like upgraded over here. Well, but I think it, it's not like that everywhere, though. It isn't. Yeah, especially because that's another good point is that the speed. Like my speed is actually fast. Like if I do that, and by the way, remember it's it's also there's like four tangents unfolding. It's also on server side too. It's not just you. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. You can for pull sure. down as much as you can pull down data wise. But if they're like servers are slow. Or that particular game, like fucking Lego Fortnite, 
is getting downloaded a million times, yeah, it does actually affect the download rate. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. and also I feel like PlayStation's had a problem with that. To talk shit about them for a second, um, where like I would download something on Xbox faster than PlayStation, just in general. Um, anyway, well, I mean, we're right down the street from Microsoft, and PlayStation's in California, so it's got all those true. extra tubes to go through. Yeah. Anywho, I uh, try to mention that, and I'll do download uh, Fortnite Lego again. And no, I will we'll never play together, even though we both play, play it. Um, but I will make an individual world. All right. And Death of E three happened. They kind of oh, officially yeah, announced right. that. Dang, I forgot about that. Okay. I don't want to be like uh, laissez faire about it because both of us, you know, do really appreciate it, and it's and our experience there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I have so many memories, and I think we've brought this up like every year of the podcast where. I think it's going away again, you know. So Yeah, they finally did put the nail in the coffin. And just to recap, I mean, I don't know if anybody's heard us talking. We have talked about it several times. But, you know, despite the fact that it's been kind of like, you know, kind of the cool kid thing to do to like shit all over E3 in recent years. Um, you know, people bitching about having to go and what a drag and all this stuff. I mean, man, like be grateful for what you had because like E3 was like the mecca, the heaven, the kind of like unattainable goal of us when we were kids back in the day and like the thought of even going to E3 was like better than Disneyland better than you know whatever you know anything better than going to a topless bar with a stack of ones I mean it was like <laughs> anything you know like it was like the best and we you know we, you and I both got to go yeah so that will always be like an amazing memory and I'm really grateful for the opportunities and the the meetups and the people I mean a lot of my great game stories are from being there in E3 in person I mean a oh, lot yeah. of the luminaries that I met and all the weird people I bumped into and all the cool stuff that happened so i'm really grateful for it and you know despite the fact it wasn't itself in recent years and you know it got kind of corporatized in the wrong way etc etc you know i i was never one to like really just like shit all over it i I, i'm I'm kind of sad that it's gone even though it hasn't been itself lately yeah and by the way i went to one of the last ones um i don't know which year it was 2021 or 2020 no 2020 is pandemic i must have went to 2019 or something but right before probably the pandemic i went and I actually enjoyed that it was a little more chill because it was like, I guess, dying, right? Yeah. And I remember being there and going like, oh, I can just walk around and it's not as crazy right now. Um, anyways, yes, I miss it. I have tons of memories. Just thought I'd give it a little pour out. Uh, yeah, it's my, pouring out for E3. Glug, glug, I glug, have a glug, soda glug. water. Um, by the way, I love this water. Not not a sponsor, but could be. <laughs> Vina? Vina soda with smarts. Okay. So it's uh, just like... You know, like a soda water, but with trace minerals in it, uh, which I feel like are good for you. I don't know, but and prebiotic and fiber. Okay. Uh, so stuff, all the stuff I need, and it's uh, cherry pop that I am going to pour out. Uh, but I'm going to pour it into my mouth. <laughs> does that count as pouring one out? Uh, we're going to say that it does for the purposes of the show. <laughs> pour, wait, hold on. Can, is that a podcast title? Pouring one out in my mouth. Uh, no, that's, that might get us, gets, yeah, that might get some, uh, get some censorship or something. Yeah, game awards. I just want to mention one thing. Um, we didn't go through all of them, and we won't. All the, the Keeleys, kind of, yeah, the Keeleys. Oh, okay. All the announcements we didn't go through, but I want to mention three things from it really quickly. Okay. One, I don't know if I mentioned this last episode, but Visions of Mana was re- uh, announced. No, we didn't talk about that. So Trials of Mana is one of my favorite games ever, which was a remake of a, of an original game, but the remake, as I've said on this podcast as much as you talk about Nintendo Switch, uh, that I love the dodge roll from Trials of Mana. Yeah. The, my favorite dodge roll of all time. Of all time. Uh, right neck and neck with Greed Falls dodge roll. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It must be pretty good then. Because they both, by the way, they both do, 
and this is kind of a thing. They both do that thing where when you do the dodge roll, you can face the direction that you're coming out of it in. Does that oh, make right. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not many games do that. I That's think cool. Dragon's Dogma does, and I think Dragon's Dogma 2 will too. Uh, so Visions of Mana is a new new game finally, like with that engine. Uh, so like not a remake. A really long time. What? Has it been a really long time? Since yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they haven't made a new one forever. And so like, it's just like they were like, oh, this sold really well, Trials, I think. And we love the engine, so we're making a new one. So right. excellent, excellent. I'm just and that'll be right up your alley. It's literally I can't. It order is your fast alley. enough. It yeah. is my alley. It's my whole house. And Monster Hunter, we didn't mention. Oh yeah, Monster Hunter Wilds, I believe. It's yeah, called. yeah. So next year, like I don't know what. The no, was. not next year. Oh, not next year. Okay, 2025, which is like, dude, why oh. did you even bother showing this trailer? It's like I mean, GTA Six. Like we'll get it someday. Yeah, well, you know, as I was speaking to Jay Monster to mention him, second shout out to Jay Monster in this on the show. He's my Monster Hunter buddy. You know, he was like, "Well, maybe we'll get lucky, and it'll be like January 2025 instead of like you know deep in 2025." Mm. So, so maybe like effectively only a year, and that would be fine. But to be honest, I mean, I'm okay like Lady Monster Hunter Simmer for a bit. I mean, I really had a good time with Rise, um, but I didn't go back and back and back and back to it like I have with previous Monster Hunters. But this one looks pretty interesting. Just to give a couple highlights, it looks like they're maybe gonna do like actual open world this time. I know the game has never really been true open world but maybe they're going to do that this time it also showed you having a mount Mm. um which was there's been mounts before like you could ride the dog and stuff like that but this looked more like a like a for real like it's it's like a big thing it's got wings and it also can like run and jump maybe it can even attack possibly Mm. that would be pretty cool and it looked like uh uh, j monster brought this to my attention it looked like your hunter had two weapons which may not seem like a big deal but since in monster hunter you pick one weapon and basically just got get married to it for a while if you can switch between two weapons on the fly, Whoa. that would really kind of change up strategy quite a bit. So if you're if you're in that world, that is kind of a big deal. Yeah, not to joke because like most games can do that, but yeah, Monster yeah. Hunter, but you know, you know thing. the scope to which Monster Hunter leans into it. It's like oh, it's I a, know it's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, right. well, it'll be fun, and I just thought I'd mention it because yeah, it's like it's your world, it's your alley. Yeah, it is my alley. So we'll see, we'll see. 2025. Yeah, the future, and also another shared alley that we both have that is up our alley. Light No Fire. Oh, yeah. That's the new one from Hello Studios, right? Yeah, Hello Games. Um, Hello Game. Hello Games. Yeah, no Man's right. Sky. And yes. obviously, you know, when it happened, it was fun. You know, these why I like these Game Awards show because it happened live. And he's like, you have a new game, right? And he's like, yeah. And they, he's like, is it as ambitious as No Man's Sky? And he's like, maybe more. <laughs> Crazy person. Dude. Crazy person to say that. But it does look more because it is that kind of... Right from the get-go, shared world, you know, multiplayer experience, yeah, but also yeah, yeah. one place, so it's not like a million infinite planets, and it is just this massive open world where you can, you know, it's like a um, like games we've seen before. I don't want to say Fortnite because it's not like that, but like an MMO or something where you can yeah. create things, and yeah, it looks really good, so... Whatever. I don't know. I mean, Sean Murray, number one, I need him to take care of his mental health because I know that he was in some real dark times with uh, No Man's Sky. And I believe they said that he's already been working, or they, you know, the team, has already been working on it for like four or five years already. Yeah, So hopefully they're deep. Yeah, hopefully they're deep into this and hopefully it launches in a good state and they, they don't have to go on that same trajectory of like 
throwing themselves on the pyre over and over and over until they they earn people's respect and then and then once they got the respect they kept on going kept on going and you know i eventually really liked no man's sky i think i bounced off it at least like three or four times before finally clicking with it and finishing it honestly um so i hope that they are in a better place and have things kind of sewn up a little bit more i'm not trying to sound demanding or anything i just i just want them to be like to launch and and have good times rather than like all the hate oh, yeah. like they used to get you know what i mean i mean i'm just gonna like say that they're they're gonna be fine i just feel like i hope so you go I hope through so. that experience and also you you repair it similar to cg project yeah. cd project go with cyberpunk yeah like they did a good job like you know good on them they fixed it or they at least they brought more people to it and they kind of you know listened to the fans so i just think they're going to be going from a, such a great place so i hope so i genuinely wish them well and i really want them to succeed for sure um actually kind of akin to that or similar um I'll just bring this up now, and we don't have to talk about it for a long time. Although if I bring it up, you're going to say things. Oh, no. Because I think, here's how I'll segue into it. I think with No Man's Sky in the beginning, there was a lot of the idea of just procedurally generated stuff. Yeah. And so when you have that, does that make fun? You know, does that make fun for you to play or whatever? Right. And in the beginning, for me, Carlos, I, I definitely just loved it. I don't even care that it was like nothing to do. I just liked because it was so weird and different. But um, I bring that up because some people can say the same thing about Starfield, which is like you create a bunch of procedurally generated areas and stuff, and is that fun? And actually, this is a perfect thing, um, because the comparison is No Man's Sky listened to their fans, right? They did, And yeah. they literally changed the game. Like, you don't always have the opportunity to do like that. Like, multiple but, times they changed the yeah, game, yes. Like, it wasn't even, like, multiplayer, right? Like, it was this whole other thing. Um, or, like, direct, you know, multiplayer. Yeah. And so, anyways, that's a, an example of doing that and listening to your people who are playing your game that you sold them or whatever. And then you have this thing that just came out with one of the directors of Starfield attacking critics and the, the basically fans themselves saying that, um, you know, they don't understand what it takes to make a video game. Yeah. So they can't be mad. And well, that's just <laughs> wrong. Like it's it's horseshit. It's, hor- yeah. it's horseshit of the highest. I mean, well, so I think you bring up a good point. And I agree with you 100% because that's the difference between Hello Games, uh, you know, No Man's Sky and Starfield. Like, I think Hello Games had, like, Sean Murray had this idea in his head, right? And he launched according to his idea. And then people got his idea and they're like, yeah, we don't like your idea. And instead of him telling them to fuck off and tell them, telling them that they don't understand or that it's hard to make a game or that they're playing it wrong, what did he do? He's like, okay, I'm going to change it. And he did. And, you know, not him, him, his whole team. You know, yes. obviously, I'm just, just shorthand here. But, you know, over the course of like, what, five fucking years or whatever it was, almost drove him to the brink of fucking suicide. Literally, he kept changing the game and like he got to a place where like, I think it's really well received, really well respected. Mm-hmm. I think people now respect what he did. And the game is, I think, better than it's ever been. Not to say that fans are always right. Not to say that you should be a slave to the fans, but at least like listen to their feedback, like hear their concerns. And maybe your vision doesn't line up exactly with what people want, because honestly, sometimes the vision is great for you, but it is not great for everyone. And that's just like the the trauma of being a creator. Sometimes the thing that you love personally is not what other people love. And you have to either be okay with that or you have to like go with the flow. And Sean Murray decided to go with the flow right over here with fucking Starfield. They're telling people they're playing the fucking game wrong and like, Oh, making games is hard and all this stuff. You are not, that is not it. You are not doing the right thing. And on top of that, I just want to mention this because in that same sentence of, of Sean changing and Sean and his team changing the game, 
there was still a kernel that everybody did like, right? There was oh, something yeah, there. For sure. There was something there. That was like people were passionate about. Yes. And I think when you have fans that are passionate about your game and then you listen to them, that's a great uh, situation to be in, right? Agreed. And Agreed. that's, I think, why he and them, uh, the whole team, is in this situation now where they have tons of people playing that game still. And they just are, you know, people are building it and stuff like that because they like something there and then you, you know, go with it. Yes. Um, to your other point, if you have just get your indie game or you're just a smaller studio or your AAA studio and you make something that's just your vision and no one digs it, then that's fine. Like that's just like me making a content creator, making something that no one likes or making a piece of art that maybe sells or doesn't, right? Sure. You just have to stand by it, and that's fine. But yeah. you can't do what we're just talking about, which is critique people and say, you know, they're doing it wrong. You know, They're you, basically saying you're not appreciating what we've done, like you're too dumb to understand what we've done, or you can't really get into what we've done, and what we've done is good. Yeah. That's not the stance you take, whether you're a writer or a TV producer or a movie maker or a musician or whatever. Yeah. You just, like you said, you stand by your art, but then, you know, you don't tell people they're stupid for not appreciating it. I mean, if you can, and then you just look like an asshole. So Yeah, or you do what I do, which is just, like, take the video down and be sad for, like, a week. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and, geez, and just to, just to really put a, I really want to underline this really, before we move off of yeah. this topic. I just want to be super clear in saying that I do not think people should be slaves to the fans. I know I said that already, but, like, I don't think fans should always get everything they want. I just think you should listen to the fans in terms yeah. of hear them out. Hear them out and see what their concerns are. Just that. Just do that. I think that's good enough. I'm not saying fans should always get their way. A hundred percent. And that's why I brought up the, I, I, just organically, the No Man's Sky story. Because, again, yeah. they, they, they didn't change. The, they added to the game, right? Yeah. They still, their vision was still there, which is like yeah. create this infinite planets and stuff. And we never talked about it. Maybe we did on the show. We must have. But, right. like, um, I really liked its weird ending. Like, I, you know, there was multiple endings. Oh, there's a, there's a couple different endings. Yeah. And I really, yeah. really enjoyed, like, again, that base vision of his uh, of that ending and i like was fine with that so i don't think i understood the ending i don't think i understood anything about the ending and i don't uh, think i understood the story we, but i really like that game okay we could talk about that because i actually researched the shit out of that and i know exactly what my ending is but uh lastly i want to mention doo, 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 uh, just a few games that i played that aren't okay. in the main game section okay so this would literally be game housekeeping okay i got it in there uh, okay He's like, just move on. Just keep on. Move on, Carlos. Dungeons <laughs> of Sundaria. I've mentioned on the show before, Dungeons of Sundaria. What? It I showed up on Twitter, TikTok, somewhere, and it reminded me that I'd played it, because I play everything. And I went back to it on the PlayStation, but it's on Xbox. It's on, I think, everything. Probably not Switch, though, because it's pretty huge in its kind of data. Uh, you could look. But Dungeon of Sundaria is like a straight-up old-school like dungeon crawler, but it's third-person action RPG, right? So you're running around doing all your different moves, like a Diablo, but closer to the oh my uh, God. character. Dude. What's, what's the thing? What's the thing? I'm, I pulled up my phone to, to type in this to look it up because I don't remember it. It was literally the first thing that came up. They're listening to us, Carlos. Why? There's no way in the world that should have been my first search. There's like a billion games that have dungeons in it. There's no way it should have known we were talking oh, about dungeons. So dare. I don't well, even know what this game is. Oh man, we know our phones. Everywhere. We know our phones are listening to us. Hasn't this they been just yeah decided? So, anyways, um, I just thought I'd play it again because I saw it like on my TikTok feed or something, and I had played it. Oh man, this looks like ass, dude. Is it good? So what it is, it's it's that serpent. You know, RuneQuest. A lot of people play RuneQuest. I didn't play RuneQuest. Well, I'm saying currently play it. It's like a fucking phenomena. It's like one of those like WoW or something, right? People just love to play that game. Like RuneQuest 
OG or whatever, it looks like on purpose, like simple, simple graphics. Rune? Right? I've never heard of RuneQuest. What that, the fuck? Be, Are you serious? Only, dude. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, you, you're sounding old right now. That's oh, my God. Yeah, you're sounding old right now. <laughs> this Anybody? game looks old is what it looks like. Exactly, though. It's like fucking huge, dude. Yeah, it's anyway. huge. Anyways, um, so... There is people. People are just dedicated to these old school games that, like, you know, they might. That's not look old. The best. That shit's old. Let it go. Move on. That's old. I'm not old. Fuck that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I'm saying like they're games that are up kept. You know, like. Um, by the way, it's RuneScape, and I'm an idiot. I said. Oh, Rune Ru- yeah. Okay, RuneScape. Of course. Yeah. Okay. I know. Okay. What you're I'm about. the I'm the fool now. See, you're the one whose memory's going out on you. My brain is still fine. You're the old. I am old. Here, see, but RuneScape, you know, there's like a newer version, or you can just play the old school version. Which looks yeah, like yeah, ass, yeah. right? Right, right, But right. almost everybody plays the old school version. Gotcha. They just do. And I watch streams of it. And people love, you know, just like But is that people it. who have played it back in the day or no. people who are coming to it new? A lot of both? new people. A lot of new okay. people. Okay. I think the number one YouTuber that I, that I watch plays it, it's Will. Um, he, I think he started kind of recent. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, the point is, this is like those games where like, it's okay graphics. It's at least for me, it's third person action-y RPG, which I love. And um, it's just a loot fest. Like, it's almost like to the point of, um, what's the word? Not problematic, but like, um, it's just too much loot. It's like constantly loot, loot, right? But there's a a little itch that sometimes you want, like a Diablo does for me, right? In Diablo, there's actually a lot less loot that I actually need, and that could be a problem with that game. It's more about the moment-to-moment gameplay that I love. And it's just like kind of a cathartic thing. But this is like you just go down into dungeons, leave whenever you want, come back whenever you want at that spot, by the way, which I think is really cool. You know, it's not like go through all the levels again. Mm. It's not a fucking roguelike. You know, it's like right, right. do what you do, get great, get better, go back to town, upgrade your shit, go back in. And there's something really addicted to that, man. I'm like kind of all in again. Hmm. So it's kind of a yeah. It doesn't by its looks and its playability and like it's dropping frame rates and stuff. It doesn't matter. It's kind of clunky, but if there's something addicted to it because you get like I don't know a hundred pieces of loot every run that you're doing maybe or that's, more. That's too much loot, dude. That's way too much loot. It's kind I can't of deal fun. with that. Okay, I don't think it's for you. Not for me. And uh, lastly, um, I played City Driver, which we got a code for. Um, we I was did. Very. I love all simulation games. I'm a simulation guy. Yes. Uh, and so this was like drive a car in a city. Super realistic. So I love that because of That's course, all it's about is driving a car in a city? Yep. It's all it is. But wow. now I, I researched it and it's actually dedicated towards the people who have like the steering wheels, you know, and the pedals. Oh, you mean like people have the actual peripheral steering yeah. wheels? Yeah. Okay. It's okay. like focused on that. Like I think oh, it really? Was, okay. Yeah. I think it was a Steam game, a PC game and it got ported. I was playing on a PlayStation because it literally had menus for like steering wheel. Gotcha. So once I learned that, I realized what it was because at its face value, it's like not a a game that I would normally play where it's like you just third person car, you know, drive around and smash things. Is it really trafficy or is it like a like a jokey simulator or is it like a realistic simulator? No, it's like so realistic that it's not for me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I mean, we got so much traffic around here. I don't know why anybody would want that. So oh, dude, you know what it does? And this kind of a point in their favor for realism. It makes me not want to drive. Uh, Yeah, I, I don't drive anyhow, but like it literally dings you for everything you do wrong. So as soon as I started, I have like a Tesla or something, you know, like a nice electric car that goes yeah. fast. I immediately put the gas down and I'm flying. And it's like, you're speeding. 
I'm like, damn, bro, I just started. Oh, so it's like okay. it's like dinging you on all like the the uh, infractions or whatever. Uh, and also, if you hit people, because that's the first thing. I'm, I well, yeah, you definitely don't want to be hitting people. Yeah, it's a sim, so they don't let you. They go as soon as you hit the person. They go. It goes to a menu. <laughs> and it goes, what? Yeah, really? it goes like you hit a pedestrian. Be nice. Don't do that again. Think about what you've done. Yeah. So I felt bad about it. Wow. Um, and then um, also it lets you do things like park and then go into a restaurant and you don't actually go and have the restaurant experience, which I wish they would have done. But you go like you leave it, so it's like based on where you parked, if you get a ticket or not. Oh, interesting. So okay. it's like doing all the things like if you never driven before, if you're like an early you know driver or something, or you just really are like into the simulation of it to like you know watch well, how this you is kind of cool city. actually because like I I've I'm a big time driver. My job when I was uh out and about pre-covid i was driving all the time like night and day like i was constantly i drove as much as a taxi driver did because mm. i was going all these different locations and i was i'm good on driving but my kid and i i, I see this happen a lot with other kids that i know because we we're in the, the homeschool group here in seattle and i i know lots of kids that way and like a lot of them have like zero interest in driving and a lot of them are like i don't really want a car I don't really want to drive anywhere. I can take the bus or I have public transportation or if I really need to go someplace, mom and dad can drive me or something like that. But they don't have that same itch that I'm sure you and I both did when we were like, you know, 15, 16. Oh, I want a car. I want to get a car. I want to drive. I just don't notice that same pull. And Mm. maybe if you put this game in front of those kids, they'll realize like driving is dangerous and it's expensive and it can be really fucking annoying and it's not like GTA and it's kind of interesting to hear some somebody take on that aspect of it rather than the cars are fun 24-7 and nothing ever bad happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, that is interesting. And I think it's like for that and it's also for just there is a huge community for car simulation. Hmm. And they just want to like, you know, is my steering wheel doing exactly how it would in the real world or whatever. Right, you know? right, right. But for me, it doesn't work because I, I want to like smash things and do crazy things. Maybe not the game for you then. No, but I will say this, of course – because I break every video game, I did. Uh, I was able to pull off some crazy tricks with some speeding and some crashing, and I did make a video of that. So, um, all right, it looks crazy. Anywho, let's move on. Do you, what's your boxes? I got just a couple things. I just wanted to really briefly touch on the day before. We talked about it last week. Really? You're going to talk about it? Just for a minute. Yeah, just for a second. Uh, because we talked about it the day before, <laughs> the day before, the day before his news broke. Um, you had kind of talked about your impressions. You, you know, you said like it was a piece of crap game and all this stuff and you got a refund. But literally like the next day was when the announcement came out about the studio shutting down. Yeah. And we so didn't talk about that in the show. No, it happened the day oh after goodness. we recorded. Because a lot of because a couple people wrote in like, I can't believe you didn't mention it. I'm like, oh, bro, it was like literally the day after we got the, the show. Interesting. In the can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we didn't mention that. that. But anyway, just to circle back to that, just for a second. So they put out a statement. Um, Fantastic. I think their studio is yep. called mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and they're like, oh yeah, sales weren't what we wanted, and we uh, sad to say we've got to shut down. Blah 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 blah. Okay, fuck you. What a lie. This is a total like absolute rug pull, dude. Like they had no intentions of supporting this game. There's no studio on earth 
that is so hinged on like opening day sales that they're planning to close a week after game launch. Like, yeah, even the worst performing game in the world thinks they're going to hang on longer than a week after launch, dude. You know, they already had their bags packed. They had already packed up their Nespresso machine. They had already unplugged everything. Whoa. They didn't pay bills. They were, they took they tried to take everybody's money and run. And that's all this was. It was a big fucking scam. Yeah. We're late to the game, by the way, because, yes, everybody has everybody yeah, and their mother has a video on this. But sure. I will say you're right. And also, an asterisk, they didn't take their Nespresso machine because there was never a main office. I, with all the videos that come out and the research I did, because um, I made those videos from it, I got a lot of uh, you know comments as well. Um, they were, you know, the volunteers, in quotes, people who helped them make the game, yeah. they were all remote. So there were two offices and someone actually went to them and there was nobody in there. So like they actually had like offices that probably people went and had meetings here and there. But sure. in general, there was no place to leave. There's no uh, pet, you know, put your stuff together and yeah, leave. Yeah, meetings to scam people is what they probably mean. Well, about. yeah, it was just, no, it was just like yeah. fancy, like well paid lunches or something that those two guys, but whether they're brothers and they just like, yeah, they're just, they just do these kind of things, which is like yeah. make a game that kind of works and make some money off of it. But I, everybody says the, the rug pull. For one thing, no rug was pulled because most, I think almost everybody got their money back. Like, you know, they still made a million dollars or something. Sure, sure. But that's not much money for a scam. So I just want to bring this up that everyone's calling it that, and it's true. But at the same time, I just don't understand why they would have done this thing to make not much money. Because I mean, maybe it was a lot of money for them. Who knows? You know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, even we, if you make like one million dollars, that's like a lot of money for nah, for a lot of people, man. It that's doesn't like, seem right though, because they worked on prop night. They worked on games that actually shipped. I've done a lot of research on these I don't guys. Know. I don't and know. so I just think it's weird. So yes, you're right. It's fucking broken. It's not really a game. And we all found that firsthand. Uh, and so they're gone and good riddance. And they actually changed the name already. Yeah. Um, back to their original name, I think. So yeah, it's silly. But it gave me a million views. So I don't so give a shit. Go. Anyway, I just wanted to circle back because I know that some of our listeners were wondering why we didn't talk about oh, that. Right, yeah. And so I just wanted to, you know, we got to at least touch on it because, you know, we it, it, the news happens. We're, you know, life comes at you fast. And sometimes, Dude, you know, we're just, you know. We do a weekly podcast. It's impossible for us I to mean, know. Yeah. yeah. That anyway. said, by the way, I will give us a pat on the back that most of our housekeeping is pretty damn current. So, yeah, yeah, it is for sure. For sure. All right. Um, speaking of which, I just got two more things real quick. Uh, so I just want to say, I know I talk about it every week, but I do have to say uh, Lamplighters League, one of my favorite games. Oh my games. goodness, you are no, going to mention it. You got to listen. Episode. Yeah, for okay. real, you got to listen. Okay. They put out a final patch and guess what it's called? The final patch? Yes, it's called the final patch. That is oh, actually what it's called. And it's the final uh, housekeeping for it. <laughs> it is literally called the final patch. Uh, so they said they're no longer working on the game. They've ended their relationship with their publisher, which has been um, contentious. They've had some problems with their publisher. They did not get along. Um, and so they're like, this is, you know, we really wanted to provide for the fans. We know a lot of people have been suffering on Xbox. We're sorry about that. So they did put out the final patch. And I just want people to know, because I've been singing this game's praises the whole time. I loved it when it was broken. And I have said officially on record, the most unstable game I've ever played in my life because it, it it crashed every four minutes. And I still loved it. But now with the final patch, I have been playing for at least 15 hours since the patch dropped. Not even one bug, not one crash, not one hiccup. Nice. They fixed the frame rate. They fixed uh, the save. Uh, I have seen zero problems. I'm going to knock on wood because now that they've fixed the game, I'm actually like two missions away from rolling credits. So it has been totally fine. And if you haven't played this game, it is now playable 
a caveat on Xbox X. I have heard people say that the S just doesn't have quite enough horsepower to get it done. But if you're on the X, which I am, it has been now currently a flawless experience, which I'm very, very happy about. So I just wanted to make sure people knew because, you know, I mean, who's going to go play the most broken game Brad's ever played? No one wants to do that. But now it is now a normal game, which I think is great. So Go play it. There you go. Also, we do have to mention The Last of Us Online ending. I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. Oh, I guess I didn't care too much. Okay. Yeah. You mean I didn't the, care the, the too multiplayer much game, right? Yeah, I didn't care too much either, but I think it's interesting that, you know, <laughs> Naughty Dog, one of the biggest, you know, most celebrated, deepest pockets, you know, developers out there. And and The Last of Us, I think, is is undoubtedly one of the biggest franchises right now. I mean, it's like... Multiple remakes, multiple awards. Uh, you know, that guy, whoever is the writer, has gotten all sorts of awards. The show. TV show. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. Uh, and so they were saying they were planning to do uh, an online focused kind of a thing. Uh, and they're, they're just ending it. They're just stopping. They're just straight up stopping. They're not curtailing it. They're not cutting it back. They're not changing it. And they said uh, their statement, which I thought was very interesting. We didn't want... Uh, we could either keep it going as a single player studio or we could do an online service like a, a live service and we like and they're like we didn't want to do that and without it being a live service we knew that our audience wouldn't be happy because the bar has been raised so high by other online services right like yeah uh, you know destiny or Fortnite or whatever where there people people want new stuff like 24 7 and if you don't provide you know they turn on you so i think honestly uh they're kind of smart they're kind of smart to do that by not trying to do their own thing by not trying to fight that particular current and just being like we're going to stick to what we do best, which is like one player content. And I think uh, nobody would really argue that. And I think it was really wise. They didn't try to do uh, a half-assed multiplayer thing. So. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, th- look at Suicide Squad. I mean, yeah. we haven't talked about it much in the show. No, we haven't. But what the fuck did they do with that thing? I don't want it. No, I mean. I don't think oh, anybody wants it. Yeah, a lot of feedback has been negative. It's like um, they just took the characters and made, you could replace them with any other characters. You know, it's not yeah. about the Suicide Squad anymore. It's like this online <laughs> you know, games as a service game. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm really, um, I respect the decision. And in that vein real quick, once human is a game I'm playing and I'll talk on next podcast about it. Okay. It's everybody wanted the la of the day before people still are hungry for those kind of games, which is like, you know, a little bit MMO, a little bit games as a service, a little multiplayer, but also kind of like a dark kind of world, which last mm-hmm. of us fits into. So once humans actually like that, but a little Kojima mixed in, okay, and it's pretty fucking good already, I'll say. But um, yeah, I'm gonna mention that next episode. But yeah, people what is, are what is for the that. name of that one that's coming from the people from Dave the Diver, the zombie survival? What is? Oh yeah, I forgot. I forget, but that might be another one to be, to keep an eye on as well. So yeah, maybe, yeah, we'll see. Somebody will fill that slot, but it's not gonna be Naughty Dog. And you know, regardless of my feelings on The Last of Us or Last of Us Part Two, I do respect that, and I think they made the right choice. So I do too. Uh, All right, we're going to wrap it up here. But before I do that, I just want to remind people uh, Game of the Year is approaching. And I think that we're on track, Carlos, to record actually on December 31st if we do it early in the day before any New Year's Eve stuff. We can can talk about that offline, but we'll probably record pretty close to that time, I think. And so we still need people to send in their top three favorite games of the year plus one disappointment. So please send those in and we'll read those off on the show. And another reminder that we have a Patreon going if you'd like to help out and support the show by uh, helping us defray some of the costs, the hosting and the tech tech stuff and any games that we need to buy that we don't get a code for you can bop on over to patreon.com forward slash 
the so video games podcast if you'd love to uh, support us financially that would be great we are not going to do any paywall nothing's behind a paywall uh, other than the fact that you can join our discord if you hit the five dollar mark but other than that same show no held back episodes nothing hidden you're going to get the same stuff every week because we love you yes all right that's it for housekeeping let's move on to the main portion of the show carlos are you ready yeah, it's an hour. We're like almost an hour. Come on, let's go. It's 47 minutes. It's not quite. It's an almost hour. an hour. Okay. Carlos, a couple of fighting games up on deck for you. A couple of demos, which uh, is surprising. You're not usually much of a fighting game guy, are you? No, I'm not. I'm okay. not. Yeah. All right. So what do you what do you got on deck for us here? Well, I'm always looking for the next content. You know what I mean? I'm a content sure. creator. You're a content guy. Tekken 8 came out as a demo on my PlayStation, and I was like, well, everybody likes that game probably, right? Are you a Tekken gonna, guy from back in the day? I'm or? a non-anything guy. Okay. I, anything fighting, I just run away generally. Gotcha. Um, I think it's interesting to watch. I like my friends like playing it and like watching big time streamers, you know, play uh, expertly. But I'm not that. And every time I go back in, I realize that I should just leave. Kind of like uh, play a certain shooter or Fortnite sometimes, and I go, oh, yeah, I'm bad. Right. So I'll leave now. Um, but... As you saw with like um, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, a lot of these games do a lot of quality of life stuff now where they add a little bit of single player-ish stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And they also add, you know, you can always do easy mode, right? So you can kind of get used to how to do it again. So I just thought I'd give two fighting games a chance. The first one was Tekken 8. Um, I did record some stuff. It'll go up on my social, go to the ground. But um, what they did is they made an arcade mode where you make an avatar and you run around an arcade and potentially in the full version, like a world. I don't know. Oh, is that similar to what Street Fighter did then? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it looks just like um, Nintendo's, you know, Miis or whatever. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, the ones that look a little better. It does Miis look better nowadays, right? They don't look as. No, they still look like those big old lozenge heads and kind of blocky. Okay, so better than that. Like, whatever, like a, a kind of a. Uh, an avatar like that <clears throat> and you make that on the demo you can't make one um but they're just showing you have like a little character okay. anyways you you go around an arcade and you talk to people and there's a little bit of kind of quest a little bit feel and then you you know challenge people and and they're at an arcade cabinet and you play them then it just goes to the game but that was interesting and i think in the full version it might be cool to see what they do with that uh so i did that i just ran around and talked to people Funny side story, and I don't, I don't think I'll make a TikTok of this, so I'll just tell you. But when you go into the arcade, you can't leave. And then I went to the back of the arcade, and there's like a girl sleeping like on the bench. And I was like, can no one leave? Are we all oh, like weird. stuck in this arcade forever now? There's some kind of like meta afterlife kind of thing. Are you in purgatory, actually? Yeah, like, the, the, you know, that's, a, that's really dark. Anywho, um, so then I played the game. <clears throat> it's, you know, a fighting game. Sure. And it feels, uh, I don't know, pretty good. Like, I wasn't bad, bad at it on easy. And then I did normal, and I was, like, winning sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I can't really, like, talk to what it is as a fighting game because I'm just so not schooled in it. Right. But um, it had, like, four characters open. I played them. I enjoyed them. Uh, I did pulled off some of the moves <laughs> that you're supposed to pull off, and it was kind of fun. Um, I actually ended up just, like... KOing everybody by kicking them in the knee. Sure. I thought that was funny. And they go, oh, my whole game is over, and I just got a knee sprain. Um, it's a game that is a fighting game, but I just thought yeah. I'd bring it up because it, it did do that little bit of thing, different thing with the avatars. Well, that's cool. You know, I used to be um, a pretty hardcore Tekken player, actually, back in the day. Like, Tekken 
Tekken 1, I drove really far because I knew where there was an arcade machine, and so I really wanted to play it, and I enjoyed that. Tekken 1 and 2, Tekken 2 was the best for me. I, I played that so much. Mm. Tekken 3 was still pretty good, but they kind of started to lose me around 4, and now they're up to 8. And I got to be honest, I kind of fell off of it, not only just because I don't have the time and energy to like get better and keep up with people, but I think just the the it just kind of got like overly complicated the original claim to fame for tekken was pretty revolutionary back in the day where you had a stick like every other fighter but also you had four buttons left arm right arm left leg right leg and that was like a very big change in design and so all the moves if you just watched the attract screen or you watch people play if you watched what they were doing you could actually figure out the special moves just by watching how their character moved if it's they if they dashed forward twice and then did a right kick and you did forward forward right kick it did the move you could figure right. it out right yeah. and you could make sense of it but it just got more and more complicated and to be honest i don't know what it's like now maybe those quality of life things are good but um, it got so complicated that it was really hard to just play with a controller. You really needed a fight stick because of some of the button configurations were not really viable with your hand on a controller. Oh. You needed to have your your four your four fingers pointing down on a flat surface in order to get some of those, especially if you want to do some of the really um like the really cool uh, like cinematic combos from like King, the guy with like the the jaguar head. It was like, you know, the opposite buttons and then the opposite opposite buttons. And it was like there was no way you could do it with your hands, right. So I don't know. I mean, I still have a soft spot a little bit for Tekken, but I feel like I'm so far removed from it. If I came back to it now, it would be like, I would be, I don't need, I think anything would carry over for me from the olden days, you know? Well, that's interesting you say that because I did notice that. There's also this like, this mechanic called heat, I think. It's like mm-hmm. you get, um, you know, on heat mode or something. Oh, sure. And then you can do extra moves. But some of those extra moves, to your point, were two buttons held down in a direction. Yeah. And on a controller even, if they're the top two, I was like moving my thumb upside down, you know, and I was yeah. like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Um, so you're right. I think that's already still in there. So I'll yeah. never be great at it. But um, and then the other one I really quick want to mention is the Grand Blue. So Grand Blue Link, I believe, is the RPG that's coming out very soon. OK, I think a month or so. And I'm very excited because it's an old school RPG kind of with a comeback and it's a new game. And it looks just like so up my alley, like a Tales of Arise game. Uh, action combat looks amazing. So I'm very excited about that, but this is a fighting game with the with that world, and there's actually like a story campaign. Um, I know there's single player games, yeah, that have that or fighting games, but this is you know I think there might be like some backstory to the game that's coming out. So I don't know if many games have done that where like you know like Guilty Gear or something, and if they had like a companion RPG or something. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> so I just thought I'd play it for that reason because I I am excited about the Grand Blue game. Okay. And um, there's a lot of cutscenes actually in it, like a lot of actual straight up like anime cutscenes uh, for the single player version. So I thought that was cool. And it's easy. It's like it's um, it's 2D, but it's, you know, like art style, like a kind of sketch style. OK. You know, like a drawing. And I don't think you'll like it, but uh, <laughs> I'm already I'm already out, dude. I already <laughs> You're so out. Like, yeah, I'm out. But um, yeah, just in general, it was fun to play because it was easier for me. I just feel like. Like what you're saying, it wasn't all those millions of combos. Right. Um, there was stuff to do, and there was grabs and all these things, but I just felt like immediately better at it for right up, right out the gate. Okay. Um, so I think it was actually quite fun, and I actually like that better. So if I'm picking out of those two demos, um, yeah, you can play a Grand Blue. It's called the freer version, mm-hmm. and it's, I don't know, it has less things, but the full version is out. You can buy it. Oh, but interesting. If you just want to like try it, you can get the free version. 
Well, I mean, that makes perfect <clears throat> sense, right? If you're not like a dedicated fighting game fan, I mean, I think that was really the big, big attract thing for me for the most recent Street Fighter, which was Street Fighter Six, wasn't it? Is six? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Was because they did a lot of quality of life things towards people who are not already fighting game aficionados, right? They had like the I don't think it was called the easy mode. It was called I forget what it's called, like approachable mode or modern modern mode or something like that. Yeah, it was where modern. they yeah. I think it was modern mode where they where you <clears throat> they changed the control setup like really radically where you had much simpler inputs, you had fewer moves, but it was just way more approachable. You didn't have to do like your PhD on like the different move sets and stuff. And so you know, you may not have the same level of mastery as someone, but it was just like so much more uh, fun and quick and easy to jump in. And that's what I thought was really cool about it, that Capcom was really willing to look at their formula and say, hey, we're like locking people out because this is too complicated. There's too much baggage. It takes too much study to even get good at this. Right. And when you do get good, people just smash you online. It's not fun. So I appreciated that. And I, I think that maybe if Tekken hasn't already done that, it might be good for them to do that because... I'm somebody who used to love this game, and it's too complicated and too rough even for me. So it would be great if they did take a step back and, and give a modern mode or something like that where you can just just jump in and, and you don't have to really break your brain figuring out the moves and stuff like that. Dude, that's so similar to what we said in the beginning about listening to your fans and listening to people who yeah. want to play the game yeah. and maybe can't, you know, uh, like the No Man's Sky stuff. So, yeah, um, I would say that Tekken 8, uh, from my experience so far, just with the demo, doesn't do that. And I think Grand Blue does because, again, on easy mode, just playing the story, like I'll I'll probably finish the story. You know, like I'll play that easy mode story, learn about the character, and actually like maybe find that I can do a harder mode after that. So okay, it's all like like bringing you in, you know, and what brings you in and what doesn't. Yeah, and that's what you really got to do. I think fighting games are starting to realize, and that's what Mortal Kombat figured out a while ago with their story mode. You can't just keep catering to the people who know the moves and who are we're playing online 24 seven. You've got to expand your audience past that. And I think that's just, that's just real world. You can, and just have a lesser audience. That's all. Oh yeah. Or, or yes, yeah. be ready with yeah. that. So, all right. All right. That's it. Some fighting game corner. All right. Fighting game corners out. Let me talk for a minute about while the iron is hot or excuse me, while the iron's hot. Uh, this was a uh, code sent to us. This is one of the games that was announced on the Nintendo direct recently or the indie indie showcase. I think oh, it was. Yeah. We didn't talk about that. There was a lot of games. Yeah. There was a lot of, of, of stuff to talk about. We didn't talk about it. Um, so this is on the Switch, and it is a 2D pixel-based uh, blacksmithing game, which we don't get a ton of, but I will say there has been a bit of a blacksmith renaissance lately where I've seen more and more games popping up. Has there? Yeah, little, little small mini renaissance. Okay, mini renaissance. I can think of maybe like four or five games in recent time that are blacksmith games as compared to fuck all zero for the last okay. like 10 I years. I you got to call so. it that then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, I just started it earlier today, and I'm just dipping a toe into it. Um, I think it's really interesting. I actually would be really cool with the idea of a blacksmith game because just the idea of like kind of like having your shop, but not so crazy into the crafting. I think I'm looking personally, speaking about me here, uh, for something that's kind of like kind of crafty, but not super super like a million menus, and you spend all your time harvesting resources. Crafty. I want like crafting light, yeah, and with like with some story, maybe with some action with some stuff in there that's not just crafting because I find that most of these ones are just really bananas over like, oh man, the formulas are so complicated and you got to have 27 components and get in your crafting table and your crafting table plus. And like, it's like, dude, you're wearing me out. Like I, I think this is a kind of a cool idea of being a shopkeeper, but I don't want to be that much of a shopkeeper. Can I want I just, a video game light version. Can I just you know? pile onto that? Cause yeah. you're so right. Like I think number one, I'm very interested in this style of game. 
Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think both of us are, and I, we talked about every one of them in existence on this podcast. Very close and, to it, yeah. Right, and how many have we stuck with? I think Potion Craft kind of fits this bill, and I stuck with that for quite a while. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, because it was, again, simple. Like, I really didn't find... Yeah, there was complicated recipes, but I don't know. I, I feel like you could pull off in that game really quickly, tangent. You could, like, someone comes into your store and ask you for something. Right. right? So it's like, again, it's telling you what you need to do, and I'm like, okay, I want to make this person feel better because they're sick. I know how to make that. But... um. But yeah, I just want something straightforward. And I'm hoping this game might be that. I don't know. I like well, straightforward. You know, I guess I don't know either. I'm still kind of just like in the opening hours of it. But I think I'm I'm definitely after a game that like hits that middle ground of like a little bit of crafting. So you're not just doing like a press A mini game. Like I want to be, I feel like I'm doing something, but I also don't want to spend nine hours crafting one piece of armor or doing mm-hmm. something. And I'm not saying this game does that, but you know, I, I, a middle ground is what I'm looking for. And I think so far... It's 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 starting off okay. I think the premise of you being an apprentice blacksmith, you're on a ship. The ship gets uh, looks like it gets blown up. Honestly, you don't know what happened. You wake up, some guy rescues you off the beach, and then you're in a town that needs a blacksmith. Fortunately enough, and he's excited, so he gets you off to a good start. Gives you like a little shop and gives you a place to sleep, and then you can go from there. And there's some platforming stuff. You can jump on some platforms. You're in a mine. You're like getting some some uh, ore from the mine you go back and then you go around and talk to people and you know hey what do you need i need axe okay cool you go back to your shop and there's um some recipes that seem so far to be pretty straightforward to do each part of the recipe first you melt the ore there's a little mini game associated with that then you uh pound the ore with your hammer and then you sharpen it if you need to sharpen it if you're making a blade or a knife or if you if you're making a hammer or something like that then you don't sharpen it and then you assemble so there's like four steps to making anything and they're pretty Pretty approachable, pretty light duty, which I think is fine so far. I'm sure it's going to get more complicated as you go on, but this is just the beginning. So I think that's okay, and I think it's off to a pretty good start. Like, it tells you where to go. The quests seem pretty straightforward. Like, I know what I'm doing, and that's all good. I will say, though, I think that there's, like, a million little, like, rough edges to it, though, that I think are kind of weird and wonky. Um, Just, like, there's an energy system... And I get why they do it because they don't want you like doing too much in one day. That's a trick that I see a lot of crafting games do where, oh, you know, like in like, like a farming game. Oh, you can only harvest so many crops because then you get tired and you got to go back to bed and then start the new day. Like, yeah, OK, fine. I've, whatever. I mean, I get it. Like, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but I can deal. Yeah. Um, But there's but like, you know, sometimes the energy goes quickly. Sometimes it goes slowly. So that's kind of weird. The thing that really irks me is like there's like a day night cycle. And I think this game absolutely does not need a day night cycle like at all. I was. Um, walking around and it got dark. It feels like it gets dark way too fast. And it, I just couldn't see on my screen. Like it was oh, just yeah. literally dark. And I'm like, man, I, this is video, video games. I need to see the video. Um, and it was just way too dark. And I was like stumbling around. I'm like, oh my God, where's the, like, where's my remote? I got to turn up my brightness. Fuck that. Well, in the game, gamma settings, right? Or well, whatever. yeah, that too yeah. or whatever. But it's like, it's just like, you know, so I don't think it needs a day and night cycle. Some of the menus I think are just kind of like, here's your backpack button, but then here's your recipe button, but then here's your... It's just like, I, I, I don't want to get off on a negative rant or anything. I, I just feel like so far, there's a lot of little weird choices that none of them are bad, but there's like, huh, I, that would have been better on a different button. Or like, huh, yeah. how come it's not this other way? So I, I don't want to say too much about it because I'm just starting it. I'm brand new. And I, I definitely want a blacksmith game. I'm giving this one a shot. I think this might be the one. I just got to get past this opening section and learn its quirks and then see where it takes me. So I remain hopeful. I, I don't have more to say on it just now, but I think it's off to an okay start. 
and I'm keeping my fingers crossed and that once I once I get what it's doing that we're going to get there and it's going to find that middle ground. But so far, uh, fingers crossed and we'll see. Okay, that's a great one to go back at to and check yeah. in because as soon as you say yes, if you if you say yes, I'm going to get it because I've all been right. it's been in my little, you know, category of maybe. Right, all right. All right, I'll keep you posted, but so far, hopeful. Okay. Hopeful. All right. Moving on, Carlos, a game called Cookie Cutter, which I've heard a lot about, but I have not played. Tell us about Cookie Cutter. I suspect it's not about cookies. Uh, nothing to do with cookies. I don't, yeah. Uh, I guess it's because there's, you cut people and there's blood and that's a cut. I don't know. Just why like when that. you're making cookies. Yeah. When you're making cookies, you know how you like have to kill people. Um, <laughs> yeah. It makes perfect sense. I just made cookies the other day. It was a mess. I should, I really should know why it's called that, but I don't know. Is your I, main character called Cookie or something? Oh, wait, maybe. No, her main character is Cherry. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's nothing. It's a mystery. It could have been called Cherry Cutter, really. Yeah. Uh, because Cherry does cut. Uh, that's like her whole deal. So okay. what is this game? I just saw it uh, on the PlayStation Store, similar to like whenever you go to your Switch and look at your Switch Store. Yep. And we just buy things from it. But um, the art style is really cool in the fact that it's that animated 2D, uh, very like uh, hand-drawn, cartoony look where like there's a lot of frames of animation. Uh, I don't know how to explain this style, but it's yeah that cartoony hand drawn, you know, and it's a 2D like like brawler battler metroidvania game. I'm going to look it up. Keep talking. I did a terrible job again. Anyways, uh what is the game and, and it just caught my mind my eye because it was like really stylized and cool looking. And it's that, you know, metroidvania game where you go or run around and, and fight things. Um but the style looked cool. It's it's a robot like the the main picture is like a robot cyber cyberborg 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 yes <laughs> lady and she's like flipping off the camera and it's like okay badass robot i'll, I'll i'm in uh and then you watch the trailer yeah it's like this you're like this uh robot oh okay yeah so this is very things. like very animation heavy very kind of like irreverent What's the word i want yeah irreverent but it's like castle crashers in that style right it's like really really heavily stylized hand-drawn art style yeah, yeah you can gotcha. see every frame you know and it's like there's extra frames for moves and stuff which I can like a lot, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of all the other games like this, and they're all eluding me. I, I think of Castle Crashers. But anywho, uh, so we, the, the beginning is so dark. I have two games in this list where the game's the beginning is so dark um, that it also kind of throws me off a bit. Um, I like, you know, I can be down with gore and some other things sometimes. But it's like you are uh, – the story is like there's a woman who makes a robot – and then, you know, bad dystopian figures come in and don't sure. want them to happen. And so they kill, uh, like, they totally destroy the robot. But, like, the robot's made kind of like a human. So the things that come out of it look like blood and it looks like intestines. So it's, like, weird that they're, like, decimating this thing, which has that whole tangent of, like, what is, what's alive and what's not. Right. If it's AI right, right. and robot. But anyways, it's, like, overly graphic. And a lot of this game is. For I'm not sure what, like I guess that's their style, but in the beginning it's like super dark. Like they they capture the woman who made the robot, but they totally like keep destroying and like dismantling and you know pulling oh, out the Oh, you know, insides. yeah, I do remember this trailer, and I remember thinking it did seem pretty bloody. Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, it's and it's, it's, it's a all robot back to me now. Yeah, 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 but it, it shouldn't matter. But it's like it's the intention. Anyways, it's all the idea of being like you said irreverent and stuff like that. So you repair yourself, and in the game when it first starts. You're cherry, and you look like a regular person. 
So you happen to be a robot, but you are a regular person. Unless you die in the game, which again, it's usually gory and like all your intestines come out and you're destroyed in a really gross way. But you also destroy, you know, monsters and stuff and bad guys in uh, the same kind of gross way. You have chainsaws, you have like all these different weapons, like four or five different weapons, special moves, run, jump, you know, run, jump, down, attack, all the stuff you would see in this kind of a game, right? 2D, battler. Um, but a couple of things of note. Um, the very first thing is I don't know how to say this. Um, oh, I, there's another word for this. Uh, yoni. I can say yoni. And not Are you get talking about female private parts? Female parts? private parts, yeah. That's I learned some I just recently learned some of the new uh, you know, lingo that you can say that you don't get dinged on, you know, what's okay. it called? So censorship. Uh, yeah, like censorship or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So so the, uh, this this robot's Yoni, which she has, by the way, as a first is a cyborg, you know, uh, talks to her. What? And that's the main like little character who talks to you about stuff in the game. Oh my goodness. That and I was sounds... like, it seemed a little corny. That's like problematic to me. It, it could be. I, I just don't, I was very confused, but it's obviously very apparent because like that area blinks when, and, wow. it, and, and it also looks very much like, um, yeah, that area. I mean, so, is, are, is she like wearing underwear or something? Like, or what are we, how, what kind of, no, it just cuts to a cutscene of a, like a little, uh, character, like a little face character. And the character is in the shape of, um, someone's Yoni. Wow. To say it in that way. Okay. And, uh, didn't need it. Don't, I mean, I'm not offended by it. I'm not, I don't care for it either. I, it's just like, what? Okay. Well, I did not see that coming. I didn't either. And so that's a thing. Uh, and then the most important thing, though, the most offensive thing to me. Oh, Lord. Okay. Ready? What? And you yes. know me, I don't get offended. It's too hard. Oh, okay. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, no difficulty settings. Uh, and I was like, oh, maybe that's because it's just fun and easy and it's more about the story which it really seems to rely on the story. Like it's focusing on like, you know, revenge story and all this kind of weird little jokes that happen with, you know, that per part of you. <laughs> wow. But I mean, are the jokes funny? Do you feel like they're in, they're humorous or is it? great. Um, it's okay. kind of middle of the road. Okay. And the point is at some point I'm like having kind of fun with the combos and these finishers. Again, they're really focusing on like gross finishers and stuff. And I just got mad because like, I didn't have enough health. I had to hit moves perfectly. And the cardinal sin in the world of Carlos and kind of Brad. Really crappy is, dodge roll? No. Uh, oh. The dodge is okay. It's that certain enemies, in, including a lot of them in the stage I'm in, need you to parry. Oh, God. Jeez. I mean, I was like thinking that maybe they're just giving the option, you know, because it is, it is you can dodge too. Yeah. But the dodge wasn't doing it. I was still eating shit, even though I was dodging. And I was like, no, no, no. Give me the option. Don't make it again. And I mean, are there parry. even iframes or do you just have to like straight up just like hard dodge? No, it's an it's a it's a parry button with a flash, that bullshit flash thing. Right. But but which, but I mean when you dodge though, are you invincible when you dodge or are you not invincible? No, when I don't you dodge? think I am. I, okay. cause that's why I'm like eating shit. Because either that or it's like you, you have to have it just perfectly timed or something. But right. It should be giving me, yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to still eat shit if I'm dodging. And so they'll do those fucking lights of flash. I don't want to see any more flashes in my video games that say, do parry now, you know? Uh, and is it a really tight window or how is it? It's pretty fucking tight, yeah. And uh, also it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's like a few enemies. You could just like punch through it, you know, right, like a right, like right. A, one of these beat-em-up kind of games. 
But if it's a lot and they're like the st- the part I'm stuck in, which means I'll probably not go back to it, is like there's a bunch of uh, bad guys and then they're all want me to parry and a big bad guy shows up and I'm like, oh, I'm fucked, I'm fucked. You know, big guy with a million hit points. Right. So I don't, I don't want, I don't want to play it. Like, and it's stopping me because there's not like Metroidvania where I can go a different direction. It's like, no, yeah, you're. This is where you're supposed to go right now. You're just stuck until you get past that part. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, that's it can it can have a talking yoni. It can have grotesque blood, a weird end beginning, which I don't think they needed that grotesque for, even though it's a robot. I know it's a robot, but the thing that's offensive to me is too hard. Wow. I mean. Yikes, bro. Uh, I wasn't expecting us to talk about this when you kind of brought it to the show as a surprise. And now that I'm listening to you talk about it, I'm like, oh, wow. I uh, I don't know what to even think about this. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing much to think. I th- I think that it's uh, it's trying a lot. You know, it's like, but it's almost like try hardy in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. You're like, you. oh, I get it. You know, you know, that part talks. Interesting. That's kind of cool. Maybe do something with it. I don't know. Maybe later on they'll. You know, you I mean, I would hate to think they this. were doing it just for shits and giggles. I mean, I would hope there would be like a point to it. No, than... I, I, that's why I'm saying I think there is. I think there's some sort of like yeah. good intention here. Uh, and the idea of a story of revenge, I'm always into. But I just got literally got stopped because I couldn't get to the next area. So how am I supposed to even figure out if you were saying something? You know, what I've I mean? ever told you, Carlos, that one of my favorite sayings of all time is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So I told you that uh, maybe. Yeah, that is I one of my so. favorite sayings, and maybe it applies here. Who knows? The road to yeah. All right. Anyways, that's the game. Cookie cutter. Hey, I checked it out. All right. Moving on. Uh, Wall World. This is a game I've had my eye on for at least a year or two. I saw it on PC. I uh, got some PR about this a while ago, and I'm like, man, that game looks really interesting and and different and cool. Let me know when it comes to PC. And they're like, yep, we sure will. And they didn't. I just saw it show up in the Switch store, oh. and I'm like, damn it. So I just bought it, whatever. Um, this is a really curious one. So it is a 2D uh, pixel-based... I'm not even sure what to even call it. You start the game in some kind of like weird dystopian future where all of humanity, the entire world, is living on a wall, vertical wall, that oh. has... People don't think there's a top and they don't think there's a bottom. They think there is just like wall. That's yeah. their whole... Their whole universe is wall. And so... You start the game as like, I don't know, like a miner, I guess, or something, explorer type person. You've got a little mech suit and then you go uh, into your ship and your ship is shaped like a giant metallic spider and the spider can crawl up the wall and it can crawl down the wall and it kind of just clings to the the rock surface of the wall. And this is all 2D side view stuff. So uh, basically what you're supposed to do, crawl up and down the wall until you find a weakness in the rock and then you drill. Your spider's got to drill inside of its tummy. And so it kind of gets up next to that wall and drills into it. And then you leave your ship uh, in your mech suit, your your personal mech suit, and you go inside the wall. And then you drill uh, like you're mining for minerals and ore and stuff like this. Again, 2D still. Yeah. So you you drill for like gems and metal and ore. But at the same time, you've got to keep your eye on a meter that tells you how close enemies are getting to your ship. So like the meter slowly rises as you're drilling. And then you got to figure, okay, how far into the mine am I? Can I get back to my ship in time? You got to get back before the enemies start. And when you do, you hustle back, jump back inside the the spider ship, close up the hatch, and then a little gun pops out, and then you become kind of like a turret, basically. Now, you can be stationary, glue yourself to the wall and stay in one spot, or you can still climb up and down and shoot at the same time. It's up to you. And so monsters will come from the top of the wall, they'll come from the bottom of the wall, and then they will fly in from the air to the side of you. And you've only got like one little pea shooter at first. And so you've got to like shoot them off 
and try to like not take too much damage. You fend them off. They come in waves. And then when you're done, you go back at the mine. Interesting. That's basically the whole loop of the game. Um, there. So this is a really interesting one. It's kind of like a roguelike, but kind of not because... Um, if you uh, take too much damage, you go in your escape pod and your spider ship blows up and it goes, oh, your ship blew up, start again. And you just kind of go back to the wall and start again. So it's a little bit of roguelike in that way. But when you get back to your hub uh, between missions, there's all the sorts of equipment you can upgrade. That All the upgrades are permanent. So your ship is constantly getting better over time because you're getting, you know, resources and you're unlocking like a faster crawling speed and a better gun and all this stuff. Um, so those those things go up. But then there's also a secondary part because your ship blew up last time, any upgrades you had that were in the ship itself, I know this is confusing, but there's like hub upgrades and there's ship upgrades. It's a lot, I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, it's kind it's of a lot. lot. I'm sorry. And I'm what's sorry, funny yeah. is originally I said, oh, uh, because I, I was like, this is a Brad game. This yeah. feels like a Brad game. It definitely is. It definitely is. Um, so the hub upgrades permanent. Ship upgrades are run dependent. So if you lose your ship, you lose your ship upgrades but you will always have your hub upgrade. So you are slowly getting better over time. Mm. And there's also story bits. Like every once in a while, you'll dig into a mine and you'll like come across like an abandoned lab. And there's like a dead guy there who's got like a, you know, log book or something like that. And it's like, oh, you found so-and-so's like notes or something. And that kind of builds up to like this giant story that you're leading towards. Um, it's a slow burn though. Like, like story nuggets are pretty few and far between. And the permanent upgrades are kind of slow coming. But I have to say... I do find this game kind of like compelling in a way that I can't quite put my finger on. I think um, a run is about 20 minutes or so. And at the end of each run, a giant monster comes out of nowhere and he'll try to attack you. And if you survive it, then you can keep going. But eventually you're going to die. Like, I don't I don't think it's possible to, like, win a run. I think you have to, like, upgrade and upgrade and upgrade and upgrade and upgrade. And then maybe, like, after you've got all the hub upgrades, maybe you're tough enough to fight off that monster and you can win and that's probably going to roll credits for you. But up until that point, you're looking at like 20 minute runs. So I think that's a pretty good time. 20 minutes is a good chunk of game where you feel like you played a bunch, but you also can leave it and come back to it. Like it's not like an all day commitment, right? Yeah. Um, the slow buildup of your stuff is, I think, pretty good. I think the slow trickle of story is pretty good. It could go a little faster. I wouldn't mind accumulating more resources quicker. I wouldn't mind a few more story bits as you go. But. Apart from the, the the fact that it's a little bit slow, I think I'm kind of into this one. It's like something that I play. I'll do like two runs a day, like in bed, right? I'll be like, okay, one run, uh, have that go, second run, and then I'm done. I just walk away, and I come back the next day, and I think it's got to be one of these things that I chip away at for like the next six months or something. I don't, yeah. you know, but I think um, it's pretty interesting. I think it's worth a look. If anything I've said sounds intriguing, and you want a little side game to play in between your other larger games, I think this one fits the bill pretty well. Yeah, it feels like if you listen to this podcast and like, a lot of what Brad likes, um, you probably would like it. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. like that kind of vibe, and especially the roguelike thing, but also some uh, permanent upgrades. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. I'm glad I I'm glad I saw it in the store because I very easily could have missed it. I wish PR would have let me know. I would have uh, gotten on it sooner. But uh, there you go. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, all right, Carlos Stray Souls. I've heard a lot about this one recently, um, and I'm very curious to see what you have to say about it. I don't know a lot about it, even though I've heard a lot about it. I've heard people mention it a lot, but I haven't looked into it. I don't know like what this is about, other than the fact that it's like spoopy, right? It's spoopy. It's supposed to be like a Silent Hill kind of game. Um, okay. I have my voice is already. I can like hear going the tone down. of your voice already. Yeah. I can hear it. I mainly got it for the lulls and for the content because I um, knew in advance what this game was and heard some kind of negative things about it. It's yeah. Third person silent Hill game, uh, resident evil, right. 
where you walk around and fight monsters and it's spooky and uh yeah dark or whatever right and i'm usually in the mood for any sort of silent hill game that's straight up i should say silent hill slash resident evil where you're like it's a little spooky things don't make any sense and there's some action involved you know Mm -hmm. resident evil Mm -hmm. 4 remake recently you know just kind of reminds me that i enjoy that vibe right um, so that's what this is. I don't forget who it was, but some developers who worked on other spooky horror games worked on this game. And there's some, uh, I don't know, negativity around them for some reason. I'm not getting into that because I don't know what that is. But I will say the game, I had a feeling it was going to be bad, but I got it again because it's bad sometimes. And I know this could be a tangent. Don't support things that are bad. But again, if I'm making content from it, that's kind of. I mean, I don't know if it's. I don't know anything about this game really. So if it's bad, good or bad, bad, are we talking bad, bad? It's bad, bad. Yeah, it's bad, bad. Okay. So spoiler, it's bad, bad. Um, the first thing, and again, it's all laughable. It's all like funny, funny jokes. There's a YouTube video that says, you know, what are the worst cutscenes in video games ever, and one of them's from this game. (laughs) Oh wow! Okay. Um, because it's like the the animations on the character you play as a uh, as a kid. uh, I guess he's some. I don't know. 20s or whatever and he's a guy and he uh is at home and he's inherited his grandmother's house and it's haunted and weird and creepy and um i'll get to the story in a minute but that's who you are but you and everybody in this game has like super detailed facial animations okay so it could be like lauded for that and be like wow look how you know kind of cool that looks but they're all so off at times where like they're just expressing for no reason. So he'll just say something and be like, his eyes are wide, you know? Or he'll like be grimacing and like when the other person's talking and like that'd be weird, you know, if that Dude, do you think it's life. like AI generated or something? Is that why it's all wonky? No, it that's it's actually be nice if it was. <laughs> because I think it'd be timed better. I think AI could have done a better job. Would do a better job. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just I think they're trying, but I think it's just off, you know, which makes some of the funniest cutscenes because it's like Man, I have a lot of content coming. You know what I mean from this game, right, right, right. Because like they say something and it just doesn't match. Um, and also, it's just so unbelievable. Like everything about it's unbelievable. Here's some fun, unbelievable, and then I'll tell you about the actual gameplay. So the kid moves into the house already weird, right? Take a house from a grandmother. Sure. He already knew that like she was into some cult stuff, so probably <laughs> just don't take the house, right? So he moves in anyway, right? He, he needs to play. I mean, with these with these housing prices, what else can you do? What else can you do? You know what? That's not. That's a good point. Um, so he moves in. This is a quick synopsis at the beginning because it's so funny. He he's on the computer right away. He's working on the computer. He goes to a dating site because he wants to meet somebody. Of course. <laughs> that on the dating site, he meets someone who lives across the street from him. Wow. Which is weird, right? Okay, that's convenient. He can very convenient, and then they start talking. She keeps like telling him to go investigate the house like she knows what's going on mm-hmm. he's like what the hell so he does he kind of like talks to her and like goes and checks things out and then you like take control walk around the house you know try to find stuff at some point you f- see like fucked up shit like scary monster stuff right he just sees it freaks out with his facial animations over the top goes back to the desk and just talks to her again he's like yeah it was crazy out there man it's like well i some mean weird stuff if- you got a line on a good hookup. You can't just drop that, you know, because monsters are there. I mean, he's you focused. Just... Yes, he's very focused. <laughs> it's hard to meet people these days, man. Okay, so he does it again. Though he meets like <laughs> many monsters. Like this is monster. It keeps showing up, and he's like, yeah. "What the fuck?" And then he's like, "Oh, whatever." And I'll just go back to talk to her. So, long story short, she's like, "You should probably leave." And he's like, "I guess." 
like after seeing like the Book of the Dead, he finds the Book of the Dead. In there too. <laughs> oh, wow. All these things that are like you know every red flag. Grandma, what have you been up to? Grandma's been up to some shit. Jesus. Okay, man, I wish that could be the podcast title. Grandma's been up to some shit. S H asterisk T. Maybe, maybe. Possible. So she has been, by the way, and you know that that house is fucked up. So they leave to go to like the cemetery or whatever uh, to find out. This is all spoiler, but who cares? Minor spoilers. Um, that woman across the street is like, like, uh, um, I don't want to give that spoiler. Is it your grandma? It is your grandma, yeah. Is it really? And No, no. Oh, that would have been, been perfect. Been flirting with you. Um, it just it connected you in some way and knows the whole story of your life. So that's why it's not like, it's not a random date thing. It's like, this is it person's your mom? been watching you. No, it's not anybody. Oh, man. Okay. Like that kind of. Okay, I'm you're just thinking of, of like close. some kind of weird like old boy twist where you get to the end of the game, you hook up, and it's like, surprise, I'm your grandma. Right. It's not grandma, but That's it is actually horror. something similar. Okay. Is it your dad? Oh, my goodness. You're going to guess everybody. <laughs> I'm going to go through all the members of the family. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to tell you? Uh, yeah. Okay. Spoiler warning for anybody who wants to play this game, which doesn't sound like it's worth playing, but jump ahead like one minute. Yeah. Because Carlos is going to spoil me because I need... Is it your dog? It's your sister. Oh, that man. You, you named everything else except that. Wow, and you were going to hook up with your sister, dude? Why no? So the point is, she brings you out to this like place in the woods, of course, to like go to this gravestone and figure it out, whatever, blah blah. blah the, the story of your life and why. How the do you not know it's your sister? Because it's a long story. It's a long story. Okay, long story. Um, but you know, the minute you get there, she's like, "Here's a gun," and he's like, "I've never held a gun before in my life." And then, then it's just you by yourself because she's like, I'll wait at the car. Bullshit, you know? Oh. Everything is a fucking joke. And then he goes and fights, and there's monsters in the woods, of course. And he, he's immediately good at shooting because, sure. you know, he's never held a gun. Well, he's played video games. It's all you need. You it's play a couple, yeah. couple Call of Duties, you're an expert shooter. It isn't all you need. People listening. Um, <laughs> try to shoot a real gun in real life. It's not. It's Yeah, there's a lot of kickback. Um, anyways, the point of the story is it's not good. The, the game actual fighting and like shooting things is clunky. It feels weird and not fun. I just kept playing it for like finding content. Right. So it's not a good game. Okay. And okay. I will say one more thing about it. The mm -hmm. very beginning is I said there was two games in here that had offensiveness to it. Yes. Yeah, it's the like other one? fucked up offensive. Like, oh, really? I'll tell you what happens because I don't think anyone, I think people just skip it. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. That's fair. It's it's the backstory, and which is why this girl's your sister, because it shows a family all fucked up doing dark things that I won't actually say. They're so fucked up. Yeah. Okay. People like you know doing dark things. The whole family's fucked up, and the father goes and kills everybody because he he realizes the whole house is possessed. Hmm. Like that's so dark, and maybe something Brad would watch in a horror movie. I don't know. That sounds even too dark for me, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't watch that kind of stuff. And I just didn't want to watch it in my game. And I was like, oh, I feel bad for buying this, you know, because mm. I did, I hated that beginning so much. Yeah. yeah. But what it's what it's trying to do, and it could have done it many different ways, is say that that's the beginning origin story, and that's your sister was one of those characters in that. You know, flashback. Gotcha, gotcha. And you don't remember anything, amnesia, blah, blah, blah. Anywho, this game's terrible. You know, whatever. I'm not going to promote it, um, so don't play it. But I'm going to – I own it, so I'm going to make a ton more videos out of it. So I guess consider this your warning. Don't spend any money on this one. No, unless you're a content creator like me, sometimes right. people do that, you know. Um, but man, oh, man. What the hell? Right. That's a pass for me, dog. Pass. 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 Yeah, dude. All right. Let me talk to you about – 
Custom Mech Wars. This just came out recently from D3 Publisher, who are the makers of Earth Defense Force, and that'll be very relevant in two seconds here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So basically, this is like an Armored Core game, and for everybody who doesn't remember, like me, Armored Core 6 came out this year and i i personally was pretty disappointed with it i didn't even finish it i didn't didn't have a good time with it um and i was looking forward to that game for quite a while so that got me all excited for a mech game and it for me anyway didn't deliver i know some people liked it but uh yeah just just wasn't for me uh so i saw this one come down the pipe and i'm like well let's check this out uh graphics are super basic and i think from the jump you know this game has a different vibe because you watch a trailer for this and at first it's like, okay, these are all like kind of mechs and you kind of, okay, cool. But then there's like one that's like, his legs are like a car, like oh. an actual like car, like a Tesla or something. And then there's one who's got like sexy legs, like a lady with high heels and the top is like a gun turret. And you're like, what the fuck is going on here? And then there's one that's like, it's like 19 wings on his back and he's like flying. You're like, this is, this is getting con- like, like weirder and weirder and weirder. And I don't know what's happening. And that's kind of the vibe of this game. So, it's made by D3, which is the makers of Earth Defense Force. And if you remember or if you know about Earth Defense Force, it's the famously janky third person shooter where you fight like 18 million big bugs. And there's tons of clipping. The AI sucks. Um, it, control is not great, but it's such a hoot because they just they just don't care. Like it's about the vibe, right? Like you're just yeah. this one soldier shooting giant ants and people are screaming in your ear. And you're just running around this weird map, blasting bugs. And that's just what it's about. And that's a cool thing. And it's fun. doesn't take itself too seriously. And that's exactly what happens here. This game is not a serious game by any stretch of the imagination. But it does take the Armored Core route, which I think is really interesting. Because I think Earth Defense Force, we've seen probably every permutation of that that we can get. And they're doing something new. So you start off this game. And I will say, this game has too much story. I need them to stop talking. I don't want any more story. I don't want any more talking. I need them to just stop. Um, I wish you could skip through the dialogue. You can't. So that makes me that makes me frown. But yeah, once you get to much, the action, much talking in Earth Defense Force. I don't feel like there is. It runs constantly in your ear when you're oh, doing the mission, it's, right? Yeah, it's that little thing on the side. Yeah. Yeah. So this game is not. This game is not accessible because there's constant talking throughout, from like minute one to the end of the mission, um, and it's just you cannot read that and play the game at the same time. But whatever, it's all meaningless faff anyway. But. The good part about this game was, number one, if you like Earth Defense Force, I guarantee you are going to love this game because it's the same goofy vibe, the same nonsensical stuff, but you have mechs, and mechs are better than people. Although, if you wish, you can get out of your mech and run around like the Earth Defense Force person, so that's there for you if you want it. Uh, But you can, like, run around, and you have, like, machine guns and, like, melee weapons and missiles and all sorts of, like, goofy weapons. But the cool thing about this is the construction. You can go to the mech maker, and it is bananas dude you can do like basically anything you want like Mm. you got to earn some parts and you got to earn some resources so you can't just it's not like a free play but like once you get some stuff under the hood um you get tons of like blueprints tons of like other parts you can use and you you have your mech you have like head chest arms and legs uh all the guns but you can put them like anywhere you want like you don't have to follow the humanoid uh you know phenotype right like you can have a guy who's got like no chest head on top of his crotch, arms off of his ankles. And like, you know, he runs like a crazy person, but it'll still work. Right. Or you can have 16 arms or you can put a gun on your forehead or you can do, you know, two arms on one side and a rocket launcher on the other, or you can do like whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, It's fun, dude. It's super fun. Um, I, I was putting together some crazy stuff and just like 
laughing, like literally just like laughing at it, how goofy it is. And you can take it to the, the testing room to see if it makes sense to use. And it's just, it's really a good time. So just imagine Armored Core, but take out all the, the sad, boring, stoic stuff of Armored Core and then throw in the Earth Defense goofiness of like you possibly cannot take it seriously. And that's what this game is. I think it's a really fun time. If you like that vibe, this is that vibe. And just just putting the mechs together on its own could have been just the game. I think that in itself wow, okay. is so fun. Like just like the way you can tilt stuff and attach it to these different hard points. And like, you know, your entire front can be just like 19 guns and you've got like boosters and stuff. It's just really, really fun and just goofy and a good time and lighthearted and laugh upon laugh upon laugh I, I had a great time with this game i think it's really fun that seems cool man i have no idea and i from looking at the cover i feel like it wasn't great cover art no it isn't like i, I mean, was like a little to, confused yeah. you know what i mean it wasn't like i think earth defense force had like was it just you killing a bug or something yeah just shooting a bug in the face or something yeah. like that but anyway well, that this cool. is a, yeah it's a really fun game it's really just like just nonsensical and like just hollering because it's just like a, a it's just so wild and weird. So I dig it. I think it's it's a great great antidote to the disappointment that for me anyway was Armored Core Six. So there right, you go. Check it out. Check that out for sure, especially if you like your Earth Defense Force. Carlos, over to you for some Xbox action. What's going on here, sir? What's up? Oh yeah, Game Pass. I got it back. You re upped your Game Pass. How come you did that? Just for one game. <laughs> Really? I did it for one game that I'll talk really? about right now. Okay. Uh, and then because I had it, I played another game that I liked. So, you know, it does have some good games, people. I'm not it gonna, does. I'm not going to say that. Um, I do you have too many services, though, and there's still that problem. Yeah, too many subs these days, but go ahead. Oh, wait. Before, what? Um, they think they only, yeah, their default to, to join Game Pass is Ultimate. Yeah. Now, let me take that apart for a second. One, it says you can get all these games in your PC. I don't want that. Yes. Right? I don't want that. That's not what I want. I just want okay. I have my Xbox Series X for a reason, and I want games on it. Okay. So I don't need that. But the other tier, which was not available, they don't make it available, of course, until you like go to another option. Like You've uh -huh. got to go many layers down. Like It's not immediately available. It's not even... Not even... You have to go to a different place. Like I couldn't okay. do it. Like when they go join Game Pass, yeah. it was not that. It was just Ultimate. Right. So that was kind of bullshit. But whatever. It's just they're trying to upsell. So I had to like go into the menu of Game Pass mm -hmm. and go further down and get to the oh, there's another option, which is just regular Game Pass. Right. Which is cheaper, which I want. Yes. I didn't get that because I was confused, and they did that on purpose. They said you get lots of games, and then they said on Game Pass Ultimate you get all of our games. Okay. Which ones are those fuckers? Uh, who knows? Is it Lies of P? Because that's the game I'm going to talk about right now. And that's the <laughs> game I wanted. But I couldn't tell. They did that on purpose. What is the price difference between the one you have and Game Pass Ultimate? I think Ultimate was 18 I think the original was like 10 Okay. So, so that's it, was, a, it was quite a, you know, it's 10 bucks or whatever. It's not nothing. It's not it's nothing. It's not nothing. And the point is it's less about the money. Just tell me what it is. It said like right. hundreds of games or something. I don't know. It just said a number and it didn't say like right. what's the difference. Well, to be fair, though, I do think that they did try to get you in on the ultimate. And I think they are definitely leaning into ultimate as the only thing that anybody needs. It is an upsell for sure. But I, you know, honestly, I think I prefer that um, to Sony's thing where it's like, I think I'm in like the second to the top middle left tier. Like, I don't know which tier I'm on. 
and which one has the thing i mean sony's thing is not clear either and i think being presented with like at least three choices on the sony side for me is like well i don't know which one either so i guess i'll pick the middle and that's uh, why you know i don't know it's an unacceptable um claim for that because i hate both and they both need to do better because agreed, agreed. if you look at xbox i'm looking at it right now on website xbox game pass core core bullshit you know mm-hmm. uh, ten dollars a month okay. so that's what they launched with that's what they said they're going to do right if they're just just like netflix if they're just going to raise the price just make it one and then raise the price that's it right but that being confused to make people purchase things is wrong and playstation's doing it wrong and in my opinion now, this ultimate is doing wrong. Cause I, it's it's, it's t- uh, touting this idea of PC. I don't give a shit. I don't want that from you. I have an right. Xbox, you know? Right. So anyways, that aside, they made me buy Ultimate. So fuck them. So right? I guess maybe look and see what PC games they do have. Because you play on PC sometimes. I will, but that's not the point. The point I mean, is I, guess I just you. want I the baseline version that gives me all the Xbox games on Game Pass. That's all I want. And I think it might be the $10 version. I still don't know. Okay. Everybody at home is listening is yelling. Um, that they know the answer. So the, but you got it for Lies of P. Lies of P is why I got it. Then I played another game, which I'll talk about after. So Lies of P, we both played originally. I played the demo. Or we both played the demo. We both played the demo, and then I played a little bit of the full version, and I liked it, but I didn't have time for it at the moment, but I do want to come back to it. Oh, you still haven't come back to it? No, I have not come back to it so yet. So I got it because I thought you would are, you were going to go back to it, but you haven't yet. I am watching my wife play it, and she is almost done. I've, I've watched oh, she's almost all of it. it. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you have watched it. You see the vibe, whatever. And I think the things that I thought about last time, um, again, this was, I got better at Souls games. I don't want to call them that, but whatever. I got better at this kind of style of game with a lot of games we played this year, including Elden Ring. But um, I don't know. I just felt like I could pick a different weapon this time because I went heavy last time, which is a strength build, which is much harder to play. And I just looked online, and people said, like, balance is easier. And not to do, obviously, the light version, because then you're just going to get stomped. So I did balance, and I did find it easier. Okay. There is no difficulty in this game uh, settings, but I just felt like, oh, okay, I have a handle on this. And also, the demo was out of order. Lots of times we don't talk about this on the show, but demos don't do the same order uh, for the story, right? Like, in the demo, I remember going right to a boss, like, pretty, pretty soon. Isn't the demo exactly like the level one? I'm pretty sure it's it like literally, literally level one. I don't one. think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. It also, before we get too be. deep, we should probably recap for people what this game is. I will in a minute. But to that point, it can't be because I played a lot of this game before I found a boss. Like I'm pretty, I was, sure, it's, I'm pretty sure it's exactly level one, dude. Really? Yeah, because you're in the, the train. You're in the train station. You meet the mechanical police officer who's kind of glitching as like a mini boss. You mess around in the town, and then you get to the big guy who's got the cage on his back, who's like the circus master, and that's the first boss. Okay, so none of that happened in the game. I mean... None I of what you just said happened in my playthrough. I There was no guy with the cage on his back. None of, it, there was no mini bosses. There was just the big boss after I got to the circus where there was like the upgrade area. Did you play up to that point? Yeah, I played past that point, and I watched my wife play it. Like, it's literally... What I just described is exactly the opening like okay. two hours of the game. We can uh, not agree to describe whatever. Are you we, sure you played Lies of P? I know. Maybe I played Lies of T. Uh, 
That's what I played. I played Rise of T. You got the 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 uh, the knockoff version that was on Xbox Game yeah. Pass. This has like chai tea as your main weapon, right? Like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, and you throw the tea in the face, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. And they go ah, and then you can like hit him from the back. So that's spicy. Yeah, yeah, they go exactly. spicy chai tea in my eyes. Uh, spicy chai tea in my eyes is a good podcast name. <laughs> so, um, okay, whatever it is, the game is you play as a you know modernized Pinocchio. And you can pick light, medium, or heavy weapon in the beginning. Later yes. on, they say about level 40 or 50, you can respec. Um, but for the longest time, you're stuck with that. So me going back and picking balance helped a lot because it's basically like you still find loot, you still find different weapons, but you have this kind of style and you kind of build for that style, which well, is just, just to be a little clear, bit faster. Just a little bit of a counterpoint. I mean, you get the other weapons pretty quick. So you, if you don't like the medium or the, like whatever weapon you pick, you got to choose one at the beginning, but then you get the other two, like before you even fight the first boss. So you can have heavy and light and medium or balanced or whatever. And you're not locked into um, a build because you put your stat points in however you wish. So you can do whatever you want. You're not locked in anything. No, yeah, but the stat points you can't pull back out. So you are no, working you can, at yeah, a build. You got to respect later, but you don't, you're not forced to put him in a, in a certain No, no, build, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I don't think I got a light weapon though, because I, I didn't get too many loot drops. I found like one sword, and it was a strength sword. Uh, which no, is you just, you just buy them. You just buy the weapons. Oh, uh, I guess you can go to that guy, yeah. Yeah, you um, can buy weapons anywhere. Well, either way, uh, the point is I built for medium, right? Okay. And so that balance helped me because it's a little faster, and but it's not as super fast, but it also like, yeah, it just makes you more maneuverable, which gotcha. I need in these games. Gotcha. Um, the things I liked better this time was, again, I don't remember the original demo, but it seemed like I had a lot more time in the world before mm-hmm. I had to fight a boss. Yeah. Um, you can mess around the town for quite a while, yeah. Yeah. And then I did a little bit of like, I don't know what they call it in Souls games, but like grinding, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like go back to the, you know, the whatever the, what's it called? The bonfire. The bonfire. Or whatever. Right? Yes. Yeah. Laser fire or something. And so I did a lot of that and kind of just felt better and, and upgraded myself pretty well, you know. And then when I got to that first boss, I felt like, you know, more prepared than I did last time. Yeah. And I had ideas of how to beat it, you know. Um, and even though there's two phases of it, the second phase gave me a little tr- bit of trouble, but I did figure it out finally. Like, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I'm glad I went back because I found the fun a little more and I took my time and I kind of, I think the build was really important um, because I'm always strength. I'm always thinking like, you know, big melee. What what can we do to hit a lot of damage? Yeah. But this game is a lot of dodging. Oh, it's tons, tons yeah. of dodging. Yeah. And I did a better job at parrying. Like the window is not terrible. The window's better with balanced. And I keep saying that because I I don't know. That's what I picked, and that's kind of the weapons I went with, the mid kind of mid tier weapons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like I had a bigger window. I might be wrong, but I feel like I had a bigger parry window. Um, especially with the regular enemies. I could like just hold it down sometimes. Um, but yeah, with the bosses, I like parried and like successfully did parries here and there. So I don't know when you go back to it, it'd be interesting to see, but like it wasn't woe long, right? Where I go. Oh yeah, by no means. Yeah, yeah. like I, I wasn't like, I'm gonna like fuck this game forever. It's almost also like, because it's a little janky at times, like it's not perfect iframes or it's not perfect precision, like a, maybe a Souls game. I felt like I had more chances in a way you know yeah. like anyway I, I love i mean the style is amazing right like the aesthetic is beautiful oh yeah the vibes and stuff are the really vibe strong. is so good yeah and really i just good. felt like in the real world before the boss 
I just was having a very good time with it. Like I was, I was challenged, but I wasn't like getting destroyed. Right, right. Uh, and I think I died once in the regular world, you know, ever. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I gotta come back. I, I am coming back to this. It's on my hard drive. Like I said, I watched my wife play almost the whole game, and she's like a stone's throw away from like rolling credits. Um, and I think uh, I do want to come back to it. I, I love the style, and I think it's one of those games where. I would really recommend people mess around in the first part of the game and not really rush. Don't try to get to the boss right exactly. away. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. I, I, you know, that was my advice to her. Cause I was like, Hey, you know, just, just feel it out. Like get, get to come to grips with how you move, how the weapon moves and just grind for a while. She, she was in the first town grinding. Um, as soon as she got to the first bonfire, it's called like a, astrologer or something like that it's called yeah. something else but she got to the first bonfire and i'm like listen just just take like a day and just like grind here get a bunch of levels increase all your stats and just like practice how it feels that was like my advice for bloodborne and i feel like that was good advice back then and this has a very similar bloodborne vibe to me as well mm -hmm. so she got she got comfortable with it at that point and then she felt good enough to move on and she's made steady progress since then so um i definitely think that the fundamentals are here the style is here and uh, the vibe is definitely here. I'm really into like the, I don't know, quasi steampunk sort of thing. And I hear there's a pretty cool surprise at the end if you watch all the way to the credits. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. But yeah, I'm definitely going to come back to this uh, um, probably pretty soon, sooner rather than later. Good. Let's bring it back to the show and we'll see how far I get to because I, I might get mad at one boss or something. But yeah, uh, I also don't like the fact that you have to uh, do that stupid monster hunter thing. Um, oh, sh sharpen sharpening. Your yeah. dumb, I will dumb, say dumb, just dumb, dumb, dumb. A piece of advice for you, Carlos. Yeah. Um, I would say don't ignore uh, elemental affinity. Like, pay attention to that. And I would also say throwables are clutch. Like, in most Souls games, I think we tend to, like, ignore the, the, the bonus items you get or whatever. But in this game, they often literally make the difference between winning and losing. So, like, get familiar with your different, your different throwables and definitely add you know, fire, lightning, poison, whatever to your weapon. Like, don't ignore those yeah. like we usually do. They make a big deal in this game. That's a good point. And also the point, like you said earlier, is why I enjoyed it more is I just took my time and grinded a bit. And it goes Yeah, like, don't oh, yeah. rush it. Don't rush it. And the it. other real quick other pro tip is that moving around enemies. Like, that's yeah. huge in this game, which is not the dodge. It's just like literally moving, you know? Like, it's a, a strafe. Exactly, whatever. exactly. And if and you, you go be around during the fight, you have better chances. Exactly. And you can upgrade your dodge and stuff, by the way. It's it's kind of buried in the skill tree. I will say, I think the skill tree is kind of like overly complicated. Um, it could be a little simpler, but if you explore that, there are uh, places you can improve your dodge and your iframes and stuff like that. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I'll so, be doing so, that. Yeah. yeah, check that out as soon as you get a chance. It, it unlocks like a good patch into the game, but once you get there... Um, you've got options to kind of customize your person even more. So, all right. Well, it's a good game, and it's on people's list for like favorite games of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, rightfully so. I I'm think. glad I went back to it. All right, right on. Liza P. That's definitely a check it out. And if you got Game Pass, that's a double check it out. Yeah. It depends on which version you have. Who knows? Who knows? Give it a shot. All right. Well, that's not the only thing you're playing on Game Pass, though. Am I doing a double, a twofer? You're doing a double. You're doing a twofer because you yeah. also played. Goat Simulator 3. Goat Simulator 3. And isn't that weird because they skipped over 2? No, they did not, did they? They did. Oh, that was the joke because the trailer was, did the Yeah. Yep, that was the joke. They did Goat Simulator and they, they skipped over Goat Simulator 2. We are now at Goat Simulator 3, That's kind awesome. of like what Windows does sometimes. So tell us about Goat Simulator 3, man. So it came out a while ago. I think it was last year, actually. On probably. PC? Yeah. Okay. And I think it came out even a little while ago on Game Pass. I forgot. 
I don't know. Maybe. We don't do homework. We're not going to No, no, no homework. But the point is, um, I'm just kind of coming back to it because I always enjoy those games. They're kind of weird and fun. And so obviously the first one was such a, you know, crazy thing out of left field. No one had any idea. And what it is is you're a goat and it's a simulator, obviously, in the name. But it's like over-the-top physics, over-the-top ridiculousness. That's what the original was, you know, sold on, the fact that you're a goat. But it's actually really just a physics game where you're running around hitting things and grabbing things and making things fall over. And Simulator 3 does everything to the, you know, 10th degree. Um, I want to mention that game that I didn't like. Where's it? What the game where you're, you're um, old people and it's like a physics game. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And it's like um, this game, but I yeah. don't like it. I do not know what it's called, but I remember I hated it. <clears throat> okay. So those kind of games kind of like, you know, tried to do what Go Simulator did, which is create a fun open world and just have physics chaos happen, right? It's hard to do those actually, and also be funny. We talk about this on the show a lot. To do comedy is hard. I think if you do emergent gameplay that is inherently funny on its own, and you do everything right, then funny moments just happen. Uh, this is a, a perfect example of this. It feels like GTA with the Goat Simulator game, right? And it's the other thing that it does is it opens it up where you start, and by the way, the very first uh, part of this game is the Skyrim opening. Oh, is it really? So, yeah, you're, funny. you're a goat in a cart with a bunch of other goats, and the guy's <laughs> telling a story just like Skyrim. But this character, because you can't move, you're in this you know cart, that the tractor he's on is just hitting people, you know, like they're like falling <laughs> over, dying. So it's all super like, it's not funny, funny. It's just like good enough, you know, like it, it's solid. It's like a solid. Okay, we get it. That's a physics joke. Okay, they get it. That's a right. character. An NPC just died. That's kind of funny. Like okay. not laugh out loud, but you're chuckling. You're chuckling, and you're yeah. having a good time. And it yeah. also does a really good steady stream of dopamine, like a Diablo or something. Where like when you finally get off the cart and you find a you know the tower, they straight up do like a Far Cry tower. Like when you unlock the tower, you can see more of the map. Bullshit. Oh, that's funny. Uh, it's a goat tower. Right. And so when you get to your first area, you know each. The whole map has like question marks and exclamation points. You get to one, you do a thing, and you feel good. You feel like you've got an upgrade. You get upgrades just by walking around. You find something, you know, get a trophy or whatever. You get a new thing that's new shoes. You get cosmetics all the time. And it just keeps hitting you on fun little things you're doing. And I think it just does it better than any other, you know, version of that game it's done. And then on top of that, it just hits you with surprises, which I think it's always done, but. Here's a really huge surprise. I just went to a, a house, kind of a callback to Stray Souls in a way, and there was an old lady in the basement. You unlocked the basement somehow. I forgot you did. Oh, no, no. The old lady was in the ba in the backyard, and she was hitting me with, like, uh, kickballs. You know, those, like, war ball little, like, spongy balls? Sure, sure. And uh, I had a kick, like, you know, headbutter. And when I got rid of her, I opened up her basement. I went in the basement, and it turned into Wolfenstein 3D. Like real, like pixely. <laughs> like just like pixely yeah. first person. Oh, and I am a pixel goat in Wolfenstein 3D. And I had to fight versions of her, the old lady, in that, um, you know, world. Right. And then when I beat it, I got her rocking chair. I came back out into the real world. And my costume, my new cosmetic, was an old lady on top of me, riding me, oh, shooting okay. like little balls. That's funny. Yeah, okay, that's funny. I mean, I watched my son play a million hours of the original Goat Simulator. Yeah. And although I never wanted to play it because I actually did not like playing it, watching him play it was really funny because there was 
a lot of like little nods and jokes and weird surprises and you could like summon the devil and there was like whales and you could do like like airplane stuff and you could be a flamingo and like it was just like this random like really random jokey stuff dance club and everything yeah so it sounds like it's right in that same alley of the really absurdist kind of humor and you chuckle maybe not laughing out loud but you're chuckling and thinking things are clever so yeah that's, that's pretty good clever is good because again there's like this like um you know a neighborhood area there's like a city area <clears throat> there's a lot of areas in this map it's quite big and then they do things like they joke um you know what's it called ikea like there's a fake ikea there oh okay <clears throat> it's called something else by the way the frog that was in your throat a couple weeks ago is in i know right i'm now. sorry yeah you can't I get rid of it yes um and so it's just doing that kind of like, you know, nods, like you said, clever nods. And the number one thing of why this game is fun, okay, besides the physics and all the stuff that you would think in this Goat Simulator, is because I think, in general, the headbutt is better. So the goat headbutt ability yeah. is your main thing. But you can do that to anything you want. I mean, I did a sequence. Oh, you can ride cars, too. I don't know if you could ride cars in the first one. but uh, Maybe. You can take over any car, so it's just straight-up GTA. Okay. And little goat puts his head out the window. That's funny. But you can like instantly like you know command any any vehicle in the in the world, including bikes and I mean everything you think of. And um, you know, so there was a sequence where the headbutting's so fun. I was headbutting people. Just do that. Like I was on the um, a trail. There's hikers and they're like, oh hi a goat, and I just headbutt him off the mountain. <laughs> Endlessly fun. It doesn't get. It doesn't get old. It's crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. there's physics when the people like clump over and stuff. And then, so the just headbutting feels really fucking good. So everything you do it has some sort of damage. And so even cars, like I headbutted a guy driving his own car and I knocked him off the road and he, you know, it burned or whatever. And then there was a, a sequence where I was on fire as a goat and went in and turned everybody else on fire in the, in the gas station, exploded the gas station. The uh, fire truck showed up. I headbutted the fire truck. It flew over, and then I jumped in someone's car and took off. That's all. Whatever. It's just fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just goofy, wacky, it's goofy. Kind of in the same vibe as Custom Mech Wars, where you come to it for a certain kind of experience, where you're just mm-hmm. you want to laugh. Nothing's too serious. Like you want some jokes or goofiness, and it's just kind of a you know you're just ha- in the mood to have a good time kind of a thing and the dopamine i mean you yeah. headbutting things and things falling over and i think again they did a clever job of the the npcs reacting to you you know like mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. look at this goat or whatever are people going like man that goat looks bad and then you do something and it goes oh fuck that goat you know like right. they're mad at him and stuff i just like the reactions i like the headbutting and i just think it's really smart like it's it's a smart video game they know what they are and it's just really fun so I was surprised that I had so much fun with it. Oh, I definitely have to get my son on that. I told him about it, but he's been really wrapped up in his Roblox stuff. So I'll have to pull him off of that and get him on Goat Simulator so I can watch over his shoulder. Don't want to play it, but I do want to watch it. So. Yeah, I thought he would like it. It's it's really fun. All right. Well, there are two compelling reasons to get on Game Pass right there. So check that out. You can figure out which version it is. That's right. Uh, final game of the show is a game that really came out of nowhere. And I'm honestly surprised and impressed that anybody even got it made, what? Ebenezer and the Invisible oh. World. You see this I was one? waiting for you to bring this to the show because I think we talked about it a while ago. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to get it. And it was a platformer about <clears throat> Scrooge. It is literally about Ebenezer Scrooge from 
Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, literally that guy that we all know. Mm-hmm. And this continues the story of A Christmas Carol. Like everybody's are, been clamoring for it this whole time. Everybody's been waiting for like <clears throat> literally 300 years or whatever it is to find out what happens next. This is it. This is part two. Uh, so you start off the game with uh, a ghost visiting Ebenezer. He's this is reformed Ebenezer after he's been visited. Right. He you know he becomes a nice guy. He realizes all the stuff. We've all seen the movie. There's a million versions of this movie. We've all heard the story. Maybe you've seen it on theater. Who knows? Like, we all are familiar with a Christmas Carol. If you don't know what a Christmas Carol is, please Google it and watch one of those movies. Um, so it starts off with a new ghost visiting and saying, "Hey, Ebenezer, Ebenezer, we need your help." Because there was another rich person very similar to you who was visited by a similar three ghosts. But instead, this guy got a fourth ghost. And the fourth ghost is like, yeah, fuck those three guys. Double down on your evil. And the guy's like, okay. So there's a little bit of a twist. But they kind of posit that there's this whole other spiritual realm uh, that kind of dabbles in in messing with humanity. So Ebenezer is recruited to pull this guy back to, to further reform him. And get him to stop listening to that evil fourth ghost who wants him to double down. So this is, plays out as a 2D Metroidvania platformer. Uh, you know, kind of like uh, any, you know, like your Metroidvania general. You've got your jump. You've got your double jump. His weapon is his cane. Uh, and it's all super mega ultra Christmas themed. If you're looking for a Christmas game, right. this is your jam. It does not get more Christmassy than this oh my goodness next week i should bring all the christmas games i love holiday stuff okay like just holiday theme games like yeah. i play the halloween games at halloween time so i might find some next next week we'll yeah, do, a do it man episode. do it yeah for sure this is like this is christmas to like 11 and i gotta say so the controls are a little bit janky and the whole game is just like a little bit wonky but overall it's like a legit game i almost thought it was going to be like a joke game right like mm. like who the hell is going to make an ebenezer scrooge game but they take it very seriously like there is a, a good map there is a good UI and menu system that has subquests where you help people in town. And it's all fucking on, it's all on theme, right? The first person, like one of these people is like, oh, this little girl is a, a street urchin and she wants to buy this dress and she can't afford it. Ebenezer, will you please use your fortune and buy her this dress? And you're like, yes, I shall, because I am now a nice guy. And, I, you know, like you're doing shit like that. Or like this kid is like locked in this factory and like, you know, like they did back in Victorian times. You got to get the kid out of the factory and stop him from working. And you'll be visited by all these other ghosts. You see Tiny Tim like right off the bat and he's like, hey, what's up, Eb? Oh, and nice. you kind of do some stuff. It's just really it's 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 a Metroidvania, so like you know what to expect. You got to get like certain certain upgrades to unlock the map. I mean, it doesn't revolutionize the formula, but in terms of theming, I have to say I had a smile on my face the entire time because I'm just so fucking blown away. They went for it, like they they took it seriously. They leaned into it, like no no joke. There is no wink and no nod here. I mean, other than the fact that Ebenezer is like running. And jumping and jumping. Yeah. I mean, he's like an old he's man. He's spry I mean, now. He's, he's spry. very, he's, he is unnaturally spry. Yeah. Uh, so once you get past that part, the rest of it is great. And he's assisted by ghosts. So these ghosts who want him to make other people good, one of them will attack. And so you build up your meter by whacking people with your cane. And then you can summon this soldier ghost. He comes out with like a sword and stabs somebody. Uh, there's this other little, a little boy ghost who got killed as a kid and he likes balloons. And if you need a double jump, he will make a balloon appear from the spirit world. You can bounce off it for a double jump. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. And like everything, like everywhere you get, like Chris, like Ebenezer would get life. He's eating a roast goose or he's got some cranberries because it's all fucking Christmas themed. And he's going through uh, London and it's snowy. And there's like all those, you know, the old timey London vibes everywhere. I mean, they they went for it like for real. And I just I'm 
I'm surprised and shocked. And also, I think it's actually pretty good. I'm kind of digging it, dude. Dude, I'm so surprised. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that seems all fun, especially right now in the holidays. Yeah, it's like the perfect, perfect fucking Christmas game, man. So, uh, you know, early days, I'm not super far into it, but I got a couple levels in. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I, I am shocked that I'm actually enjoying this. And I think it's just, I just, I, if you had told me someone was going to make a Scrooge game, I would have told you to fuck off. I never would have believed you, but I'm here playing it. And I think it's worth a look. So again, it doesn't revolutionize the genre. You know, it's not going to be in anybody's top 10 list this year, but like putting that aside, the fact that somebody even attempted to do this and they did a good job to me is like fucking hats off, dude. Like so full awesome. applause, full applause. Okay. Yeah, you saying so. yes, that means I'm going to get it. Cause I definitely was on the fence with it. And it's um, a, yeah, I think it's a, yes. it's also sure. pretty cheap. I think it was like under $20. It, yeah. It's a, it's a budget title. And I think, yeah. So, you know, go in with your expectations, you know, properly calibrated. But still, I think it's a good game. I definitely recommend it, dude. Okay, I'm going to get it for the holiday episode. Also, I want to say you just helped me quite a bit. You didn't even know you did. Uh, I don't know I did what I do. So you mentioned um, it's crazy that they made this game on this old character, you know, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, blah, blah, that got my wheels moving in my Uh head. Okay. Okay. I've been, and I'm going to make about me, and it's a tangent, sorry. But I've been on the (laughs) fence trying to figure out what kind of um, sketch series to do, some comedy. And literally, I don't know. I don't, I'm so confused. And um, just me thinking about Ebenezer makes me think about what other characters are in the public domain. Oh, yeah, lots of stuff just came in the public domain. So that I can go jump into and be like, maybe I'll make the world this. Because like, don't reinvent the wheel, right? Like, take things that people know about, but then do your own twist on it. Uh, That's what, art is about you know what i mean a lot of art so i'm just now thinking i'm gonna go check out what's in there what's okay. in that public domain i can have well there you go so there thanks ebenezer and also the game really sounds awesome there we go and that is the last game of the show um before we wrap it up anything non-games related that you want to throw out to our listeners here well that i'm just going back to like hearing that in my head me saying that whole spiel being very excited and you're like all right well there you go there you go so anyways um, i await your next sketch please just stop talking about public domain and whatever. So do I have anything else? Um, you mean the after the show thing? Yeah, the after the show stuff, anything. Now that the game portion is officially done, we usually do bring a few non-games things to the show. And You got anything this week, Carlos? You don't have say, to. But... I will say Our Flag Means Death is so very good. Oh, I got to get back to that. Yeah. Um, because now I'm in the last season. I don't think they're going to do another one. I don't think they okay. need to. Okay. But I tonight I'll be watching the finale um, of the second season. And every time I watch an episode in this second season, I go, ah, oh, fuck them. And that means, in Carlos' language, like, holy shit, they pulled that off. That was off. so good. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, every time, yeah, it's funny, because also maybe as a content creator, uh, you get that little ping of jealousy, too. You go, sure. oh, I wish I could have been a part of that, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I hear you. I that's hear a you. good sign for a show, you know? I literally have been saying that at the end of every episode. I go, fucking hell, they do that. And feels and everything, dude. That series is fucking special. Yeah, I've had so many people tell me I got to come back to it. I bounced off of the first episode. It didn't quite click, but literally everyone I know in my entire life is like, you got to go back and watch past the first episode. Just, so. It's like Lives of P, okay? Perfect yeah. perfect coming around one more time. You definitely just got to give it some time. And then you do and you go, oh my goodness. And then also Fargo, which I love, the, the new season. Right. Um, I can't binge it, but I'm up to speed on that. And it's so good. All right. uh, and then a very important message to everybody listening. It's a dark one. Um, it's got, and it's going to bother me. I didn't look her up, 
but uh, an actress is in it. Uh, she's a voice actress because it's an animated show, but she's been in so many things, and I love her to death, and I can't think of her name. Uh, but Carol and the End of the World finally, oh, okay. finally came out at Netflix. I've been following it for a while. Uh, I forgot that woman's name. It's gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find out. Who is the team behind this? Because it's got some some big names in terms of the animators behind it, right? It does. I don't remember. I just remember seeing the trailer a long time ago. Is it some of the Rick and Morty people, or is it somebody else? I wouldn't know. Okay. Created by Dan Guterman. So what did he do? We could look it up. We, uh, well, we're not going to do Martha that, but... Kelly. She's so fantastic. She was in. I think it should leave uh, a couple of series, um, a sketch there. But okay. she's been a million things. She's so good. Check out the series. It's dark. It's really good. It's really okay. fucking good. Excellent. That's Excellent. all I got. Okay. Um, as for me, um, I guess I'm pouring another one out uh, in my mouth or otherwise. For Nancy Drew, uh, I love the show. I've talked about it a couple times here on the podcast, but it was a reimagining of the old-timey book girl detective series where they added like you know, some CW flair to it. There was like some teen romance. There was Monster of the Week. There was Supernatural stuff. They had a great cast. I think really came together. Uh, we're watching season four right now. And I just yesterday found out the show was canceled. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't start season four properly emotionally prepared because I thought there was going to be more of it. And so, you know, I, I guess I should have looked it up now. I guess you should always look it up for any show we watch anytime, anywhere, ever, because you never know. But like, I thought there was going to be other seasons, so I was not, you know, bracing myself for the end. But this is the end. Apparently, it wasn't even canceled because of viewership. It was canceled because their parent company got bought by some other parent company. And it was mm. some stupid merger. And they ended up canceling, like, all of the shows. And I'm like, why did you buy the company if you were going to cancel the shows? Like, what is possibly the point of that? Probably another one of those fucking, like, debt offloading, like, deals or something like that. But basically, they bought the company, killed almost their entire lineup and these shows are now over unceremoniously, which is a shame because I thought Nancy Drew was great. One of my personal favorites. So it's now season one through four and that's it. And I have two episodes left. And now I'm going to cry when we are done oh. with this podcast. Shame. Um, shame. To talk about another uh, somewhat sad thing. I People have been asking me for updates on my chickens and I wanted to give a quick update. I, you know, we have chickens here. I had 12 chickens. I now have 11 chickens. Uh, we've had a hawk or a falcon, probably a falcon, circling our yard for a while. He scoped us out last year, but he was too small. I think he was not a skilled hunter at that time. Uh, he just couldn't get the job done. And our chickens are, you know, like good-sized chickens. But this year, he got bigger and he got better, and he finally picked one off. Um, he got one of our our chickens. Her name was Nectarine, and she. We didn't see it. We didn't see it happen because he's smart. He knows when we're watching, right? Uh, he knew we were not around, and so he went to the backyard when no one was around, and he got her. Um, and man, there was just like, there was not much left. I tell you, like it was pretty, it was pretty awful. And I do want to say, this is kind of a funny note. Like I eat chicken. It's fine. I've killed chickens. It's fine. Like, you know, I'm just a realist that way, but you know, I still have affection for my chickens. I will say though, that Nectarine, um, not to speak ill of the dead, but she was one of my least favorite chickens. Uh, (laughs) we got her as a baby, as a chick, she had a messed up foot and we weren't sure she was going to survive. And so we spent a lot of extra time with her. We nursed her back to health. We gave her special TLC. Um, she she regained use of her leg and she was walking around. She had a bit of a limp, but she could still get around just fine. And after all that love and care and attention, she turned into a rotten fucking chicken. She had a rotten attitude. She was mean and nasty. And I just she was always trouble, always picking on the other chickens. She had just like 
she had bad mojo, man. So I, was, I always thought that was ironic that after all that love and care and attention we gave to her, she ended up being one of the the chickens with the worst uh. attitude. But anyway, she got picked off and uh, she is no longer there. So what happened was I had to go out to the yard. We we have free range chickens in our backyard. We got a pretty sizable backyard. So I had to fence it off. I had to cut their their territory down by like you know, more than half. So they've got much less room to run around in. And I had to get some bird netting and I had to go to the yard and I, I covered my entire yard with bird netting. So the whole thing is enclosed now. So you got to like kind of duck down and you go in my backyard. It's a pain in the ass. It's really irritating, but it's, it's what we got to do, I guess. So crazy. The wild yeah. world of animals, wild world of animals. So update there. Final update. I just want to give, um, a weird kind of like commentary on Thundercats. I don't know if I mentioned that I was rewatching Thundercats, the original series. I'm sure you've seen it. So it's so many times in this podcast, this happens. You say that sentence, a sentence like that. And I go, you've mentioned it every episode or something. Not every episode. Not every episode, but you have mentioned that you're rewatching Thundercats. Yes. Okay. So I'm rewatching Thundercats. We're in yes. season two and there's an episode called chain of loyalty. So at one point uh, they, they come across like the, the treasures of Thundera. Uh, this is a kind of a, I don't know, a device that they, the writers created to give them something to do with each episode. Like every episode now they're going after like one other new treasure of Thundera. So it's kind of the new MacGuffin thing going on. And again, for people who don't know, Thundercats 1985 cartoon series, cause I'm that old. It's about half, you know, human, half animal people from another planet that come to third earth, which is like earth post-apocalypse and whatever. You can look it up. I'm sure people know Thundercats. Anyway. So there's one of the treasures is called the chain of loyalty. And they say, oh, this is a thing that keeps the Thundercats happy and cooperative. And if you don't have this chain, like a necklace, uh, they are going to become irascible and cranky and you're not going to have a team. And I'm like, that's weird because these guys are supposed to be cartoon heroes, like kind of role models, if you will. Like you look up to the good team cohesion and everybody does the right thing. So I'm like, huh, where are they going with this? So they go into uh, this cartoon episode. They find the chain. Uh, Mumra, who is the bad guy of the, of the series, he breaks the chain right off the bat. And immediately every Thundercat turns fucking evil. Oh, like feral like, or something? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what it was, dude. They were like, they got the dark look in their eye and they're fighting each other and they're setting traps for each other. And they're like, they're going after each other. And I'm like, hold up. Because what you're telling me is when the Thundercats are not under the mental control of this necklace, you're yeah. telling me their base nature is they are lying, backstabbing, thieving bastards? That doesn't make any sense for this cartoon at all. Can I explain why? I know Please exactly do. why. Please do. This is from the 80s. This was a toy line. Yes. And then it was a cartoon, right? Yes. They were trying to sell toys. Exactly. So it was a business executives in a meeting, and they were just like, hey, how about if they're all evil? Oh, well, let's do that. Let's do that then. They, nowadays, we have series. We have people who are thinking about yeah, the showrunners, yes. showrunners, right? Producers. They would. It wasn't that. They had like a cartoon that was, you know, helping sell toys. That's why I'm saying it, it was just. Let's make them evil. Oh, is what they said. Just so fucking weird because when you look at what they did in that one episode, it's like you're saying that our heroes are actually evil, and the only reason they're good is because they are basically under mind control slavery. And they are being forced to obey the leader of the team. Yeah, that's fucked up, dude. That is super fucked up. So anyway, probably one of the worst episodes of the show, I think. And I think we're going to pretend like we never saw it. So. Pretend you didn't see it. It's not canon. 
Uh, yeah, I'm shooting it out of a cannon is what I'm doing. So. Nice. All right, folks, that is the show. Before we close, I'd love for you to please leave a review, share us on social media, but most importantly of all, recommend us to your friends. That is the most important thing. Also, as I said before, if you'd like to support the show and help us out with the cost of running the podcast, hosting, etc., etc., you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash the So Video Games Podcast. And if you want to join our Discord, you can do that by joining at the $5 level. There is no paywall content, though. Uh, and as always, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up at SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com or hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week? Um, no, no, no. Just, you know, listen to the podcast. Just listen to the podcast. That's it. Yeah. As for me, I'm on uh, Blue Sky, Twitter, and Instagrams. my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode three, six, seven... Yes, 367. I always got to check that. God damn it. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.